Hello, and welcome to Journey Through Decacast, a Kamen Rider retrospective through the lens of Decade, where I am Shin Garrett. I'm Evan. And I'm Kamen Rider Chris. Were, were we doing that this time? I, we... I mean, I was. I don't care what you do. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am a mysterious white ro- white-robed individual who they're going to imply has parallel with the rest of you guys, but that doesn't actually come up at all. Oh man, and then we're going to get to a fight, and we're going to punch each other's belts, and they're going to explode. Oh, and we're going to walk at each other while while we catch on fire. That yeah, part was that's... actually pretty amazing. I thought that was a really cool It came out of idea. nowhere that Godai was able to do it, other than get, he gained the ultimate power, whatever U- that is. Ultimate okay. form is we just should get really through... good. There's three episodes to go before we get there. <laughs> yeah, we gotta we gotta get through the rest of the rice before we get to the topic. ball. Yeah, I guess the sweet red bean paste center. N- that's not you don't. I don't think you put red bean paste in rice balls. I think I that's think um. You, can. you probably could, but it's you put it in that one thing from. You know that one show. <laughs> what? The. The show that where she eats the red bean paste thing and then she probably dies at the end. Conan? Yeah, that one. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, Clanad's the worst. That that's mostly where I know that from. I know it's also like a real thing, and I've like bought it and ate it before. I just the name is escaping me. What it is is. I'm not a huge fan of red bean paste. They say it's an acquired taste, and I have not acquired it yet. And that's fair. It's okay, but yeah, if you try to if I try to eat more than like a bite of it, I'm like, eh. Anyway, yep. Kuga. Kuga. So we're gonna start off uh at episode forty five, which is titled Arch Enemy. Where some stuff happens. Yeah, which so is we... weird because we thought that Arch Enemy was gonna be uh number zero. Well no, number but, zero I mean, is like is. is like rival. Arch enemy means rival. He's like a step up from arch enemy, though. <laughs> His double arch enemy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what like the step up from arch enemy is, but it it's there isn't one. It's... That's that's the thing. Yeah, no, it's that he is the peak of what Kuga could be without ultimate form. So Kuga can't beat him without ultimate form. Yeah. So so this guy's the arch enemy because because he mimics all of Kuga's forms. I mean, he's yeah, but all it is is his eyes change. Yeah, but he could, he makes different it's weapons. It's actually really cool. They didn't have like eight different suits for this guy. I yeah, mean, he's just not in that he much just of the get, show. Yeah, he it shows through the weapons in his eyes. It's really I, he got a gold form. That is true. Yeah, he did. that's true. But uh, it opens up back on the shot of Kuga shooting an air bullet. <laughs> air bullet number. What number is this guy anyway? I don't remember. Forget. Uh, anti Kuga. Let's call him that. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, it's go Gadorba. I can't. I can't pronounce things. Gadora. No, not Gadora. He's he's a rhino. Uh, he's a rhino beetle. Okay. So uh, shoots through the rhino beetle. Well, no, and... Kabuto's a different show. We're not there yet. <laughs> yeah, but I okay. <laughs> Look, well, the wiki anyway, says he... rhino beetle. I know what you're trying to say. I get it. I was making a joke, and now it's over. <laughs> now we're no, here. It's, it's fine. But uh, Kuga shoots him, 
and the bullet goes through and the symbol comes up. We sh and the camera cuts to the front of Beetle, and his eyes are purple. And then they shift to green. He pulls off a claw from like his that are he's got a bunch of like little claws hanging from his chest plate. Yeah. He right. transforms it into a gun and shoots back. Yeah, he acquired green form. <sighs> it's real good. And he stalks after Kuga, and then we go after the intro. And it doesn't happen yet, but we go back to the original intro song, I think, in like episode the last four episodes. Do we? I didn't notice. I did. I, I started listening yeah, to the intro again. Yeah, they changed it at one point. Uh, at that point, Evan started listening again. Yes, I did. You're goddamn right I did. I mean, it's the, totally worth it. The other one wasn't that bad. No, it wasn't that bad. I just didn't like it. Okay. Um, but we got some Enokita stuff to do. No yes, it's Enokita has finally returned to the lab and not been able to go to her uh, son's parent, parent day. day. Yeah. Or no, just a parent day. Yeah. It's not a because, you so know, she, uh, jobs and, and her, shit. And her underling's like, hey, what are you doing here? Um, Your phone's been ringing? Are you, aren't you going away? Aren't you going to the school? Yeah, and she answers an extremely ancient-looking cell phone. Yeah. Though in 99 or whatever, I think that probably would have looked pretty, uh, you know, like a really State nice of the cell art. phone. Yeah. yeah. She's important. She can't. She can't leave these other, you know, dudes in the lab. They can't make the bullets explode in the right timing within yeah. three seconds. They of can't one figure out how to how explosions work. It's real fun. But uh, she calls her mom and is like, "Hey, so uh, you know those unidentified life forms, right?" And her mom, of course, is like, "Um, so." Sayuru has locked himself in your bedroom after throwing a tantrum. His teacher wanted to talk to you. He's been having troubles at school. That's why they wanted you to come to the parent day. Uh, mm -hmm. you, I know you're worried about this unidentified life form, but <laughs> Sayuru's real bad right now. Look, I know people are being murdered, but your son's having a really bad day. Which, yeah. You know. <laughs> uh, Anakita's mom, single issue voter. Yeah. Anakita's just having a bad day. She is having a bad day. She's having a pretty shitty day. And her response is like, okay, I'll deal with it when I get home. I think she's going on like two days now, isn't she? Because she didn't sleep the previous night. Pretty much. She's actually so. remarkably patient and pleasant to everybody, considering she's going on like two days of being awake. It's really good. She is quite a fantastic worker. Yes. She is good at her job. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, normally I would wouldn't think that sort of work ethic is actually a good thing to do, but she is inventing like you know monster destroying yeah, technology and stuff. So it's kind she of she's being situation. a hero at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's got cool stuff to do. So it's fine. Yeah. So we cut back to Kuga fighting uh, Rhino Beetle. Noted other person having a bad day. Yeah, because <laughs> Kuga keeps getting shot, and it's not doing great. Because he's only in blue form. And, and we've clearly denoted like, blue form is the worst. Yeah. Blue form it, is the worst. It kind of jobs the most out of all of his forms. It comes... We're at the end of the show now, and blue form is still not done shit. It did... It 
it was introduced and it had a cool moment and then nothing else. It, it is pretty much exclusively used effectively whenever Kuga needs to jump somewhere. Yeah. And he will turn to blue form, he will jump, and then he'll turn to an actual use, actually useful form. Yep. Yeah, more or less. So he picks up a stick and he's like, oh, is he going to use a blue weapon? No, he's just going to turn to purple. Yeah, purple's form is clearly OP. It's yeah. just way better. Remember the time he had two swords? I do. I do remember It was pretty that. good. Uh, he does the walking forward thing, and he keeps getting shot, but now instead of getting blasted off his feet, he's just kind of staggering a little bit. A much better much better outcome. Yep. Meanwhile, uh, Ichijo found a scarf guy. Yes, number B9. Yeah. Ichijo drives up in a car, gets out, and is looking around, and sees that B9 is, like, staring down from a uh, scaffolding. Yeah, he's watching yeah, the game. He, he, like, he snipes the abacus oh, and breaks it. Oh, it's the it. best fucking part. Like, this is, this is top-tier stuff. Yeah, it's... Okay, so... B9 is at the top of uh, some building watching Rhinoceros Beetle and Kuga fight. Kind of sitting there with his abacus, like, ooh, yeah, ooh, yeah. He's kind of muttering to himself. He turns to walk away, and Ichijo just shoots and destroys the abacus. I love it so much. Which at first I was like, well, that seems like it mildly annoyed him. But then later we'll learn is actually a big deal for some reason. Yeah, it, the abacus has like its own special name and everything that I forgot to write down. Right. Yeah, it's super important for the game. Yeah, because it's like, you, you gotta fucking start over because my abacus broke. <laughs> yep. And also, this is the moment when Ichijo had shot... We don't learn this until later, but the Ichijo was not actually aiming for the abacus. He was shooting a tracing bullet into the uh, B9. Yeah. But more importantly, he broke the abacus. Yes. So uh, B9 turns into some type of bird. He's an owl. An owl, right. Really? It looks more like a vulture or something. I'm like 90% sure he's an owl. Really? It yeah. really doesn't look like an owl to me, but okay. I'm like mostly sure. Yeah. Now but you're making me he... like second guess myself, <sighs> and now I'm going to sit here and look it up, but don't but worry. But anyway, he that. flies across and uh, smacks Ichijo off of the stairs that he's standing on. Right. And Ichijo falls off the edge and grabs onto the edge. But did now did Ichijo grab onto some piping, or did he grab on to like the edge of the stairs? Because he kind of swaps between the two every time the camera cuts. It's kind of funny. Maybe it, the edge of the stairs is attached to a pipe. Well, no. Okay, it's if he, you're, he's if, in danger. He he's no, in I, hanging danger. I realize. I think what it is. It was just ways. To get close-ups of hands gripping at a pipe to make, you know, because he's hanging from the edge. But then in the wide shots, they were actually having him hang from something that was like five feet above the ground right. in a mattress. Because yeah. if you're watching it about, oh, five minutes, you can see him hanging from pipes. And mm -hmm. he's trying to grab at some pipes. Then he grabs at the edge of the build. Oh, maybe it's just, maybe the pipes are below the edge of the. Yeah. 
It, it's it's slightly visually inconsistent, but it's yeah. not really important. No, it's just I, I I find fun in noticing that. I don't know why. Also, he's in Condor, so I guess I was wrong. Okay. Oh. There was yeah, an owl before, sense. though, for sure. He was he was I think owl was blue dark guy. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yes, he was. So it cuts back down to Kuga's fight, where Rhinoceros Beetle has turned his eyes purple. Yep. After being stabbed, he he is stabbed, and then he turns purple. No, he turns purple first. He turned purple in the scene right before Ichijo's scene of getting of shooting. Or no, it's when uh, after Ichijo shows up and sees B nine, it does a short scene of Kuga knocking Rhinoceros Beetle's sword out of his hand and Rhinoceros Beetle turning his eyes purple. That's how he's able to get stabbed in the stomach and just kind of grab the sword and say, no, this sword is mine now. This is my sword. I'm going to turn this sword into my sword while it's still stabbed inside of me. Right, yeah. So he, t- he turns the Titan form sword into a, like a bug scaly sword. Pulls it out of him and is li- and yeah, Kuga's all like, "Oh shit, oh no, oh god," and now his like his like shoulder pommel gets cut off. Yeah, rhinoceros beetle's attacking, and this sword is able to just slice through Titan form. They're basically like, "Look, guys, we don't need these suits anymore after this episode. We can do whatever the fuck we want with them." <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. I hadn't even thought of that, but yeah, you're totally right. Huh. But yeah, he's just taking slashes try- and kind of just getting beat to crap. Trying to counterattack, not doing that great. Yep. Yeah, at this point it seems like he's clearly overmatched by Rhino Beetle Guy. Yeah, and then yeah. he so then he like ends up at uh at red form, and then Grungy Guy also turns into his red form. And he gets a glowing, he gets a glowing punch. He gets a rider p- punch to go against Godai's rider kick, and uh, wins. Yeah, like Godai really isn't using his golden power here. I mean, he does briefly when he turns into red form, but I kept wondering, like, would would Rising Titan be able to be okay? But we don't find out. Yeah. Oh wait, no, he doesn't use his red form. He uses his golden form against Kuga. Well, golden he's still, red form. Yeah, golden red, because he's still in purple when Kuga kicks him with mm-hmm. uh, his golden red. I can't. Rising Mighty. Tight. Rising Mighty? Yes. With Rising Mighty kick, and he just kind of flexes it off. And he then. Takes the hit. Rhinoceros Beetle goes golden, and he gets abs? Yeah, that that's how you know he's golden. He gets abs and fur. Yeah, it's very strange. I mean, he already had abs, but they're much more defined now. Yes. And then he does his own rider kick, and Godai tries to punch, and it just... Godai gets knocked into a building that falls on him. Yeah, Godai gets fucked up. It's a, it's a small shack, I should say. I was definitely wondering, like, is Godai gonna explode? But no, apparently that doesn't apply to him. Well, no, yeah, his his belt didn't break. Yeah, the Abaddon's just sturdier than the ones that Gurungi have. He just goes back to bright form and then collapses. Yep. Uh, meanwhile, we're doing science. 
And it's Rhinoceros Beetle says something to Godai and Garangi and then leaves. Right. Something about Dagaba. Yeah, it is kind of weird how, like, Condor Guy doesn't kill Ichijo and Rhino Beetle Guy doesn't kill Godai. Yeah. But then Number Zero shows up, like, in the background of Godai falling down and just smiles. Yeah. Okay. Hi, Number Zero, you fucking weirdo. Yeah, you weirdo. Like he's mentally entirely different than us. Guess we'll probably say some of this for the wrap-up episode, but this number zero really does not pay off as much as I wanted it to. <laughs> I am I am of two minds about the final fight and episode. The fight we'll itself get... is good. They just don't. I don't know. They yeah. just never develop number zero satisfyingly. No, not really. It's very frustrating. We'll, but we'll anyway, laboratory science, they are science. trying to get they're trying to get a bullet to blow up twice. It's got to destroy the nerves and then destroy the nerves again while they're regenerating. Yes. By blowing up two times in quick succession. Nano machines. Point three seconds of one another. Metal and gear. all of the men are like, we cannot figure out how to do it. And Nikita's like, I, I know how to do it. Here's how you do it. Yeah, and Nikita just she just knocks it out in a couple hours. Yeah, that's why Anakita can't leave, because no one else there can do her job. Not really, Clearly. no. But uh, So she gets a call from Ichijo, and he, Ichijo explains, Hey, I was able to shoot B, B Condor with a marking bullet. We really need those nerve breakers. Yeah, we really need them because uh, Godai has been seriously messed up, and we're probably not going to be able to rely on him to beat this guy. Yeah, we, he's going to be in the hospital for the future. Seeming future. Yeah. Godai got stabbed and kicked and punched. Yeah, uh, also, uh, we didn't mention one of the other cool battle damage things on that uh, was happening to him. The Titan form, like the metal bre- the metal type breastplate, it looked like it had like physical cuts in it that were bleeding. Yeah. Un- which is a pretty cool visual effect, actually. It was real good. To kind of highlight that, like, mm, yeah, it looks like metal, but that is his skin. Yep. It's very good. We go back to Junon University, right, uh, where John is on his way out. He's going out for a bit. Yeah, he's going to go drop off some stuff this... for Anokita. Yeah. And uh, he's asking, uh, hey, you know, I wonder how Godai's doing. And Anokita's like, well, we just have to trust in him. Q radio cutting off some music about all the male police officers that were killed. <laughs> I do like yeah. how they actually have the radio playing this time instead of just interrupting the silence that was previously played. That's true. She does like get up and turn on the radio and then it like immediately happens, but oh, and right, I, right. I, I misspoke. Jean's Jean's statement is I wonder if it's actually a good thing that Godai gets stronger. Right, yeah. We're we're further exploring this theme of like, you know, by becoming able to match number zero presumably is godai actually becoming more evil this also doesn't pay off much no not really I mean, kind of. okay th- i thought this actually paid off uh, satisfyingly enough for me just because it went basically the way i thought it was gonna go but yeah yeah but yes sakurako gets up turns on the radio to, and then is gonna start getting some coffee and overhears the oh hey so there's a bunch of cops dead also number four lost yeah. <laughs> Which, man, imagine being, like, 
a fan of number four at this time, like being in universe, just being a civilian listening to the radio. <laughs> huh. Yeah, boy, they didn't media control that very well. Yeah, especially if you're going to be like, uh, are we all going to be murdered by invincible monsters now, huh? I guess, I guess we're all fucked. Oh, well. <laughs> Should we all move out of Japan? Can we run away? <laughs> can we get away? Uh, clearly, a Grungi has been on a plane. They can, they can leave Japan. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. But, yeah. So then we cut to Rose Woman and Number Zero. They're in an indoor fancy pool that yeah. has, like, big uh, columns around it. And, like, a nice bay window. They have this entire conversation in Japanese. Yeah. Which is very nice. And so Rosalind's like, so it looks like Gataru's going to be in the final Gagaru. But uh, Kuga might actually win. Yeah. So, um, and Dagobah's just like, man, I really want Gora to get stronger so I can punch him. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, and if, if Kuga wins, you'll be able to bring the ultimate darkness. But what's going to happen to him? Man, it's gonna be real fun. Does his like little smile thingy? Yeah, he's all he says is it's gonna be really fun. Yeah, yeah. Dagova just wants to punch things. Yeah, guys. Uh, Rose Lady still being around also doesn't pay off. Yeah, no. It's there. There are connections implied that are never explained and never explored because there's not enough time. <laughs> I wonder how but, much the the grungy subtitles would have filled that in right but like i mean that's that's not really part of the show which is true which is why i didn't have us watch it we were watching it more I, as i know as it's it so baffling if they like gonna, develop the personality of these characters in a i made up I'm language i am tempted to just watch the just binge watch the entire series my next day off with the grungy subtitles on <laughs> that'd be interesting yeah, we'll see. Okay, we'll 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 come back to this, but like, yeah. Over now that I've finished the show, I'm like, I really don't think that whatever they were going for with the grunky speaking a made up language worked like very well at all. No. But you know, I think it's interesting in a lot of ways. But yeah, I I expected it to like have a payoff at some point, and it really doesn't. No, but... it's just. They they're an alien. They're a separate culture and type of human, and just speak different. But we've it. spent so much screen time with them for the for the show to continue to be like, oh, you can't understand them. They're inhuman. We've spent so much screen time with them. Be real nice if it was like, uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's maybe that was the point though uh, yeah i mean i could see if like they they were going for that that's interesting but i just i'm really just not sure if it works dramatically yeah. i agree with that because kind of at the end of kubo so i'm like all right so what was this about again <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's okay so we go to pole pole and uh uncle is rude as fuck yeah, because oh, he calls the pregnant move. woman. A, she he says she looks like a sumo person, which don't don't do that. 
Minori's coat? I was definitely wondering, like, is that socially acceptable in Japan? Because, <laughs> like, that not would really. not be okay in any context I know of. Yeah. Don't, don't do that. Also, Nana got a letter from her dad asking about coming back. I was like, when are you coming back home? When are you, when are you, like, the worried, like, okay, so... You had your fun without Thur? Are you coming home yet? What's what's going on? Could you let us know? You done with the whole Tokyo thing? You've done your hopes and dreams, right? Those those failed, you can come back and like in an office job now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, didn't you you had your one audition. That didn't work, so you're done now, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it's every time during this scene, someone is occasionally looking at the picture of Everest which apparently has become the most fascinating thing in Pole Pole. Yeah. <laughs> and so we find out later that it was taken by Godai's dad. Yeah, who was a war photographer. Yeah, who would, who also traveled around the world, but it was for wars, whereas Godai travels around for adventure. And I, I guess I can see why they're all staring at it, because it makes them think of Godai. It's right. just very odd for it to happen with such like they didn't do it throughout any of the series and then I mean, just suddenly everyone's they, staring at it every five minutes they kind of went into it like a while ago where like the godai and the owner had like a discussion of like mount everest is like this like a symbol of stability and continuance like you know like a, of history like later on when they when uh with the owner guy explains that um that it was taken by godai's dad he highlights like the mount, uh, like it's he he says that it's that it's like aspirational, that it like represents a time when everything will be better, right? And like that's yeah, what that's... it mean. That's like what the photo means to him. Yeah, that's true. All also, right. I, so I assume it parallels the setting of the final fight, and it also that parallels is... yeah. the fact that Godai's dad was a war photographer which generally war is not a good thing, and yet he took this beautiful photo of this mountain, which parallels how Kuga went into his final form and bad things didn't happen. But that might be stretching. Right. No, no, that's actually a good parallel. I didn't even think about that one, but yeah, that's a good one. They're, they're both people who were immersed in violence and yet lived up to like high human ideals regardless of that. Yeah. That's my take. That works. So we cut to the hospital. <laughs> God damn it! I this plot point's so dumb. I hate it still. Wait, which one? The plot oh, the point. electricity thing. <laughs> we go to the hospital where Tsubaki is like, "Well, it's not yet. I, I'm I'm gonna wait till we actually get there." But it's it should just, or go uh, to the point where Godai uh, kills himself so he can get defibbed. Yeah, <laughs> you can just we'll, get. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Tsubaki's just bringing it in. Then we go to Ichijo and Sakurai having a conversation as they're both driving and talking about, hey, hey, Godai's out for the count for right now, but he'll, he'll keep fighting, so we've got to keep fighting. We found the transmissions, or Sasayama comes over the radio and says, we found the transmissions of the marking bullet. It's at this ice rink. This ice rink's pretty great. This ice rink <laughs> fight is fun. I love it. So we go into the ice rink. And Rosewoman, Condor, and Imperial are 
standing in the middle of the ice rink having a conversation about hey so the ab- the abacus got destroyed we have to redo the gergeru uh <laughs> it was a linto warrior that did it and, and, and apparently... abacus guy is like kind of a dick about it he's like hey look not my fault and imperial's like this was clearly your fault it was your one job <gasps> oh the bagunda so That's so then they're going to go fight about it right yeah it's apparently <laughs> apparently when you waste a gegaru someone has to it, it's a burden that has to be paid for with someone's blood and someone's death. Yeah. I, I don't think that's like a Gurungi rule. I just think that's like a you fucked up, someone's gotta pay for it type of thing. Maybe. But they both transform and they start fighting. And now we get right. to see Scarf Guy in his Condor form and he's got some dual Tomfas and he's pretty badass. I like him. And it's really I like it, it. It's really funny because compared to all the other Gurungi's weapons, they usually look like pretty, like, you know, monsterish. It just looks like he pulls out two regular Tonfas. Yeah, just two wooden Tonfa. <laughs> yeah. There's Tonfas. Yeah, he, he just has. They they just look so incongruous with all the other Gurungi weapons you yeah, see. So Beetle, Beetle goes to blue form, pulls out a staff. His first mistake was going to blue form. <laughs> and then we get some passionate science with Enikidu. Man, this is some weird smooth jazz playing in the background of this. It's funny because she has an A and a B on a computer screen, and then she makes them overlap. Yeah, but like slowly the, overlap. The timing is, it is, is good. Right. Yeah, it, it is this weird, like tense jazz beat. I don't get it. It was the two thousands, man. Who knows? But everyone's really excited. Everyone's so excited. Even Enikita's excited. And then she remembers Sayuru. Yeah, then she's sad. She's like, oh, my personal life is terrible. Yeah, she sees it work and is happy for a few minutes. And then it's like, okay, got more to do. (laughs) But then the next time we see her, she's like getting a coffee. But whatever. And now we get to Garrett's favorite part. Oh, I hate this plot point so dumb. So we go back to the hospital. They do quickly cut to Sayuru being sad, in case you forgot about that. Yes. We go back to the hospital, where uh, Tsubaki is watching over Godai in his room. And Sakurako shows up, asking for Godai. They have a short conversation about Godai. And Sakurako's like, hey, I want you to make Godai... I want you to use... The defibrillator to make Godai stronger. I want you to shock his heart. And at this point, I'm just going, no, what? No, stop it. Stop it. Yeah, and Tsubaki is looking at Godai's body. And he's kind of having a trouble deciding. But before we can finish this up, we got to go back to the cops. And at this point, I started thinking, like, wait a minute. Tsubaki kind of fell out of the main cast like 10, 15 episodes ago, didn't he? Yeah. And then, like, a wait bit. a minute. Sakurako hasn't been around that much either, honestly. <laughs> no. All the secondary characters' plot lines are getting finished up. Right, right. And Tsubaki's is that he has decided to shock Godai. Yes. Pretty much. Deep sigh. <laughs> yeah, but the, then the cops get the report that the nerve-breaking bullets have been finished and are on their way. And then we go back to Enikita, who is sitting in a lobby? Yeah, she's like sitting in the, the lobby of the place, drinking some coffee. 
and she's looking really distressed. She's having a bad day. Right. Yeah. Because she's, she's just... about to have to go home and have a super uncomfortable conversation with her yeah. son, and her mom's probably going to berate her while she attempts to do that. Yep. I would also be trying to catch my breath if I were her. It's true. But then John shows up. He's like, oh, hey. Uh, hi, how you doing? And she rightly is like, "What? hello. Why are you here? <laughs> and he's like, oh, well, I'm just, I'm, we finished the research, so I'm returning the research. Uh, John has definitely been making up excuses to come by, uh, by the yeah, Sakurako's lab for definitely. a couple of weeks now. Yeah, because he sits down and he calls her by her given name. He's like, hey, 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 Hikari-san, what's wrong? And what the, I'm sitting here the first time watching this going, when did this happen? When, when did you two get close enough and have enough personal interaction? Off screen. That he can just, just I, I guess mean, so. I think he's ma- he's making a decision to to make their to like make their relationship more intimate in this moment. He's like, "Look, you're clearly struggling. Please tell me about it so that you can feel better. And like, I will be open and vulnerable with you. Please be that way with me." I guess that's true. But he asks her he asks her what's wrong and she like is fighting against crying. But before we can get through that, Got to go back to Subaki. No, we don't. We really don't. Yeah, we're, we're, we're due. Where Sakurako is <laughs> like, don't. hey, hey, Kodai said, I, said he got to get stronger. He wants to see everyone smiling. You should really use the defibrillator on him. Okay. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Garrett. The reason this plot point is so frustrating is because compared to like all the crazy ancient magic, magical bug monster people with super lightning and, like, weather powers. The fact that you can just power them up with a fucking defibrillator, something that is, like, incredibly common, is just super unsatisfying. Yes. Like, it should it should require something more than a common object that you can find in almost any public building. It's the best. <laughs> I disagree, but that's okay. It's for the exact same reasons Garrett finds it the worst. It's like it it's best. like if you had a superpower who could who could permanently increase their strength by like eating table salt or something. It's like that's the best power ever. <laughs> it's like you but okay, so to moderate it, it's like you can't just sit there and eat salt because you'll die from a salt overdose. <laughs> We're not going into this. We're not going into this right now. Yeah, no. but Sakurako is like, "Hey, all I can do is believe in Godai. That's all I can do." But you, you can shock him. You, you need to. You could do what you can do, Tsubaki. Believe in the Godai so, that believes in you. And Tsubaki's like, "Believe yeah, you know in the what? you who is willing to defibrillate people who you know probably don't need it." And, and Tsubaki is like, just on the edge of being like, "Okay, I'll do it," but then Godai flatlines. Yeah, Godai flatlines himself to. Get, make himself get defib defibbed yeah we we find out in the next scene that apparently like tsubaki makes the assumption that godai forced himself to flatline so that tsubaki would shock him and i think that might be the most godai thing yeah it it's is. like that bit in uh in the big confrontation at the end of stardust crusaders when jotaro grabs his own heart with his magic yeah. spirit powers 
It's very weird. And there's also a short scene of Ichijo showing up at the ice rink, getting out of his car, and the Rose Woman immediately noticing, oh, hey, there's that Linto warrior. I know that guy. Yeah, there's that guy I've been having interactions, vague interactions that I haven't really mounted to much with. And then that's the end of the episode. We end the episode with Tsubaki looking down on Godai going, all right, show me how strong you can get. Uh, so, oh, it's the best. <laughs> it's so dumb. I know. I like dumb things. I just wish they could have flavored the dumb things to be like some dumb, stupid, it, mystical thing. I am wet nap man. Whenever I rub wet naps on my hands, my power <laughs> increases tenfold. <laughs> you know, Sorry, I wasn't trying to kill you, Evan. That's okay. You know, I bet you could probably just justify it to be like, they didn't have fucking electricity in the past. That's why. <laughs> it, it probably is what it is. Is like, if it had happened in the past, they would have had to been struck by lightning. Right, Which but power- like... It's been around for the whole show that, like, any of the Garungi could have encountered electricity and it powered up. That's what that's and what this last guy did. It's implausible that that hadn't happened before now. Why? Dagova killed, like, a million of them. Right, but we, like, 40 of them went after Kuga. Yeah, well, you never said they were yeah, smart. But... <laughs> and the first ones were just kind of low-rank chumps. I mean, a lot of them, like, they had human-scale intelligence. Clearly, if they yes. were all trying to come up with ways to win this game and be the strongest, someone well, would have tried this! Well, Chris, there is also there is also the point that there, I think it was like, is it 12,000 years? Was the when, However many centuries or millennia ago they did this thing. Try explaining what electricity is to someone from that era. Right. But they've been acclimating to the modern era for, like, months now. Yeah, but a lot of the ones that... That one lady used a laptop. That is true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. She apparently learned to code in a couple months. But none of of them had ever tried putting electricity into themselves. Because what... Yes, Groggy liked to fight, but... Why would they look at the electricity and go, you know, you know what? I bet if I took this fork <laughs> and jammed it in this socket, I'd be stronger. That, None of them, like, licked a battery and were like, wow, I feel slightly stronger. Maybe I should do that again. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, it's so dumb. It's Gary, mundane dumb. and stupid, and I love it. The idea of, like, these ancient creatures that the thing that could make them unstoppable is incredibly common in the modern day. Like, that's kind of fun, but they don't treat it like it's a surprise or interesting or weird or goofy. They 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 treat it dead seriously <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. Well, it's by the time they find out, there's only one or two left, so they kind of have to. Right, right. Man, now I just want to see a side story where just they accidentally get electrocuted really early. To see what comes from that. If only Bat Guy had ever found out that he just needed to, like, fucking shock himself rather than try yeah. and shove weird magic claws in his dick. So, so the next episode is called Indomitable. That's episode 46. And we open on 
Sakurako's like, so wait. Godai stopped his heart to, stopped his heart from beating to get you to shock him? Yes. Godai stopped his heart from beating to get me to shock him. Yeah. I don't know how strong he's going to get. The world may never know. Never know. Never. I, I get, he also gets fast healing from being shocked. So he, he already had fast know. healing, though. It gives him super fast healing. Okay. He's a steel golem, or whatever. Yeah, steel golems, if you shock them, they take, what, they get like 5 HP, 5 fast regen or something. I have no clue what you're talking about. It's a D&D thing. Oh, usually I'm on I'm on point with those, but I didn't know that one. Huh. <laughs> yeah, did... golems are generally immune to magic, but if there's like certain spells that do certain things to it. Did you know that one, Evan? Okay. Welcome no, I didn't. Welcome to the D&D world. Fair enough. Okay, so we come back for the intro, and Ichijo is running through the ice rink arena. Metal Gear Ichijo. Creep, creeping through, <laughs> and he comes upon Rhinoceros, Beetle, and Condor fighting each other. I love that he just watches it for a minute, and he's like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to wait no. until there are fewer of them. I'll, I'll let them fight it out. It's I I can I'm I'll be I'm good for now. Yeah, he does the the American Godzilla let them fight thing. Yeah, no kidding. So like, yeah, I'll just leave. Goodbye. And he just kind of calmly walks away. And cut back to Enikita and John. And Enikita is explaining that I missed another thing with Sairuru. I like is I made the f all the effort. I got. She's. I got right there, and he's been moody in school, and so I needed to go, but I didn't get to go. I'm a terrible mother. Anakita is still having a bad day. Right. Yeah. She's like the reality of the damage she may be doing to her relationship with her son is kind of breaking her at the moment. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and yeah, her last the last thing she says is I'm just a failure as a mother. And John gives her this really serious look. It's kind of hard to describe the look. He look it's like halfway between sad, frustrated, and just like given what he explains given what he explains about himself in the next scene. Kind of makes sense. It's he's probably like thinking about Do I share this? Yeah, yeah. No. And he decides... Oh, he does decide to share the thing, but that's not till later. Yeah, first we gotta go back to Godai waking up and being like, Hey, good morning. So you use those shocks on me, right? Because I feel great. Thank you for shocking me. <laughs> I'm now so much stronger. <gasps> Alright, I can make full use of the golden power now. Thank you so very much. Actually, you should thank Sakurako. She's the one that convinced me. <laughs> She's the one who wanted to <laughs> electrocute you. Oh, thank you. So Godai <laughs> drives off on the beat chaser and he overhears over the police scanner that everything's going down at the ice rink arena. Right. Yeah, they say they've evacuated everyone within three kilometers of the arena, which is like an arena in the middle of Tokyo. That is a huge evacuation, but you know. Yeah, I mean considering what they considering how long this has been going on and how many people are dead, that makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. And we cut to Sugita and Sakurai driving up and meeting Ichijo as he comes running out. And they're all like, well, 
Uh, so they're fighting inside, but we can't really do anything. We're just gonna have to sit and wait here for the nerve-breaking bullets. Yep. Luckily, those bullets come. Yeah, just very soon. But before that, they're gonna tell us about that picture of Mount Everest. Yes, it's- it- we go and we learn about- we go back to Pole Pole, and this is when we learn about- Hey, so yeah, that picture of Everest makes you feel refreshed looking at it. Yeah, no, that was Minori and Godai's dad. He was, and we learned that he was a war photographer, and that he used to travel a lot for war. It's, yeah, Minori's coworker is like, "Well, if he was gone all the time, weren't you lonely?" And they're like, "Well, no, nah, he he wrote all the time, and he told us about what he had seen and what he was feeling, and it." it he would. I didn't understand it then, but he would always end his letters with "someday for the day when everyone smiles." It's <laughs> like, uh, okay. You, you didn't really explain if you were feeling lonely or not. You just kind of avoided the subject. Right. I mean, she felt like she had an emotional connection to her father, which is like yeah. what she's explaining. Yeah, that's true. Someday for the day when everyone smiles is extremely cute. Sort of explains a lot of uh, Godai's outlook on the world. It does explain it really does. Godai's character a lot. Yeah, um, yeah, with what uh, we know from his teacher that like he tried to take on the role of his father, like you know, seems like he yep. largely succeeded. Like he has been good for the people around him in the same way that his dad was. So it's that, very, that's very true. Next is another Enokita and Jean, where Enokita starts with being like, "Man." You know, I'm just making excuses. I can't export. I can't really uh, with my job. I can't afford to expend any extra time for him. Maybe I should quit my job, but that would give me money problems. Right, man. I'm a terrible mother. And John's just like, hey. So, do you ever ask Sayuru how he feels? Well, it's more like, hey, did did he ever tell you you were terrible? Yeah. Did, did you? talk to her about this or did you talk to him about this right he asked did, did he ever say that he was uh that he, he had a real problem with you or that he didn't like you yeah and he explains that so when i was young my parents were gone all the time too but even though i was lonely i knew they loved me and uh i never thought they weren't any good yeah, he doesn't say that I they should. I knew that they loved me, but it's I never I never thought badly of them for being gone all the time. Right. Yeah. He's like uh, I was more frustrated at the circumstance than at them as people. Yeah. Which is a very mature response to take as a child, or it's to have developed as. It's he implies that he was fine with it as a child, which is a very mature stance for a child to take. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And is very admirable. Right. And, uh, yeah, for, even for, for Inokita, even if, you know, maybe Sairu doesn't understand now, someday he will hopefully have the perspective to where he can, like, cope with, you know, this experience they've been going yeah. through. Let me go back to the arena where the nerve-breaking bullets have finally shown up. Yeah, we got these nerve bullets. They're, they're the best bullets we got yet. Which apparently fit in their revolvers just fine. Yeah, don't worry about it. Anakita's really good at doing whatever she does. Yep. <laughs> and there's enough that Sugita, she, uh, and Ichijo, she and She has a, a night job as Iron Man. 
all get Man, them. I would watch the shit out of the show where Anikita is Iron Man in her off time. That, that would be, be real good. Actually. <laughs> Female Kamen Rider 2020. Yep. Yeah. Good. We're in the and we're in the uh what Renwa or is it Rewa? Yeah, the or Rewa. Re- I think yeah, it's Rewa. Rewa. We're in Rewa now. You need the. It's time for a change. Those lady commentators. Yep. Though it looks like it looks like uh, Zero One is is going to be businessman common writer. Interesting. Which is yeah, that's that's the word I'll use. Interesting. <laughs> I want to actually see it. it, but we'll get there later. Yeah, that's true. Well, then we cut to a scene of Condor like trying to do flybys of the, of Imperial, mm-hmm. but Imperial just like tears out some feathers. Condor's response is to nod and go mmm and then run off, which I what was he like doing a nod of respect? I guess I think it was like a oh well you figured that one out. Yeah, but uh. So he runs off, Rose Woman comes up at the top of the escalator, and she's like, oh, there's the smell of Linto. And then it cuts to the out exterior where Ichijo, Sakurai, and Sugita are walking in, and then B9 flies out the door, out into the sky, and out of this show. <laughs> Wait, do they not Do they not kill him? No, Sugita no, and the other guy kill again. him off, like, off screen. Oh, right, right, okay, yeah, yeah. I totally forgot about that. Great for Sugita and Sakurai, but man, yeah, they're just like, oh, we're done with that character. I, I am, I'm super glad that they get like they get a kill though. They do. <laughs> they also get to feel like they did something. Yeah. Well, Ichijo goes back inside the building. Well, then, uh, Jean and and Akita continue their conversation. Yep. Trying like, hey, just. Just go talk to your son. Like, I I know this is all going on right now. Go talk and explain what's going on to your son, and it should be okay. Do what you can. Right. Yeah, he he specifically asks her, do you like it when he's happy? Do you, like, do you care about him? And, like, obviously the answer is yes. Like, she, she loves her son. He's like, well, that's enough then. Just try, and the fact that you care about him will make it enough. Yeah. It's a very nice touching scene. Right. Yeah. And uh it's y- you guys are all down on this Inokita John relationship, but I think this is a really sweet scene. I, I think this yeah, is this, a... this is a very good sweet scene of it. I'm glad that they became closer so that, you know, they could have this scene this uh scene together. Yeah. But see he was totally doing it before also because he was a child that grew up in the same situation. Right. Not yeah. just because he wanted to date Anakita. Yeah, it yeah. this puts this puts a very different cast on all of his actions and makes the entire thing a little sweeter. I mean I'm pretty sure at least like one of us suggested this earlier, that like he had a thing about, you know, children yes. who are alienated from their parents. Like that was pretty obvious from like episode twenty or so. That's true. Right. But and yeah, now it is solidified. It's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column, you know, being romantically interested in her, too. But, uh, so she's, she perks up and is like, hey, yeah, no, you're right. Actually, can you give me a ride? Also, I need to grab that book. Yes, that book. You know, that, that thing. What thing? You know, the thing. The thing. You know, the thing. 
but then we cut back to Ichijo, who has gotten into the main section of the arena and is just walking through the seating. Yeah, he's looking like if one of the Gurungi's like hiding in the bleachers or something. And then Imperial pops out from behind a staircase and smacks Ichijo down the stairs. But as Ichijo but at- is falling down the stairs, he does like the slow motion fall back and take the shot. He- yeah, this is actually pretty incredible. Pain. Yeah, he is falling downstairs on his back and ass and manages to land shots while he Four is doing Four shots. That. It's like, yeah, he's fall- he's falling down the stairs and, like, think lands three shots. It's real good. He does a good Max Payne. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's a good way to put it. And these bullets, like, pulse. You can see them pulse inside of imperial with light and he staggers down the stairs and collapses and is presumably dead he's not dead he didn't double tap him (laughs) no he did his job wrong Uh, then rose woman comes out and we get this like the really dramatic music that plays whenever ichijo and rose woman are in the same area because like they have this weird they have this dramatic end to their oh wait no that doesn't happen on it doesn't happen off screen i just forgot about it um they have a weird dramatic upswell to their relationship these last few episodes right and uh, here's where yeah she has the line the linto will eventually become just like us so like i guess that what her deal that's what her deal with him has been that she's been like taunting him about the fact that he's becoming you know steeped in violence in the same way that yeah. they are but like they haven't talked no one said anything so that was like super unclear <laughs> until now yeah. and then i was wrong we get a short scene we get this scene of condor sugita and sakurai are at some river and just yeah, they totally murder this guy execution Sakurai style. and Sugita just sit there and f- plug him full of bullets. They're making sure that one doesn't get up. <laughs> yeah. So Condor collapses in the river. Dead. I, I, I'd I almost wish he'd just flown off and not been anything. <laughs> I, 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 I'm glad this is actually here. But for comedy's sake, man, I wish he'd just flown off the end and out of the show. I like Scarf Guy. <gasps> my plan. Uh, I'm sorry, my planet needs me. <laughs> do do do. And then we see uh, Ichijo aiming at Rose Woman with his revolver, but because he forgot to double tap, Imperial smacks the gun out of his hand and throws him into the main arena. And oh no, Ichijo is gonna die. He gonna get stabbed. It's real bad. Oh, wait, no. Godai drove yeah. his motorbike onto the ice. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, yeah, and he um, they only hear the motorbike r- running at the uh, the rhino beetle guy, like, when he's, like, a few dozen feet away. Um, motorcycles are a little loud. They probably would have heard it before that, but, you know. Like, hey. Go- Godai does a perfect, uh, like, sliding stop on ice. I I I may keep bringing it up, but it's it's an ice rink. How <laughs> is he just that good? Or is it just like a stadium? No, it's it's, it's an ice clearly ice. an ice rink. It's clearly an ice rink. Could be both. 
But uh, Gora's like, hey, you okay, Ichijo? All right, good. Let me transform. There's even more gold on me now. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Ichijo's like, uh, hey, there's a forest that you can uh, blow him up in. And uh, instead yeah. of running the Gorom into him and just like, you know, you know Ubering him to where he's going <laughs> to blow him up like he usually does, they they just uh, scene transition to there. Yeah. And I like I like the fact that Godai also makes the statement of like, I can stay golden forever now. Yeah. I don't have a time Was limit anymore. Was that a thing before? They never uh, established I so. one. I think there was a line uh, that Tsubaki said, like, there was talking about strain on his body. Because that, that seemed like it was only um, a green form thing. Yeah, Maybe. yeah. They only mentioned a time limit on green form, really. Yeah. I also like how there's just there's just a little bit more gold on his suit now. It's like there's a little bit more lining and paneling that's golden. I didn't notice that. It looked like the same golden form to me. It's just a little bit more. Like down the he's got the line down the center of the instead of there just being like gold around the pauldrons and the ch- upper chest, oh. it now like goes down the center of the chest and up the center of the back. Yeah, and his pecs are lined with gold and uh like yeah, his belt, the area right above the belt is gold. I don't think that was gold before. Yeah, it's just a little bit more. But yes, then suddenly they're in the special forest where Dagova was. I mean, maybe it's that forest. It could be some other forest. It's the same set, at least. Yeah, it's the same set. Um, And then Godai sets up for a rider kick as Imperial charges at him. Yep. And then he turns black. He does. And his eyes light up. I really like the light, the light up. I ultimate yeah no ultimate is a cool form Th- this actually isn't ultimate yet we're still we're still one away this is um i think it's amazing mighting uh, amazing mighty amazing right. mighty yeah it's basically just mighty form except it's black his actual final form looks a bit different yeah that's true uh but they both jump and do rider kicks at each other's chest. So when this time when Godai's doing the run up, uh both his legs both his feet are on fire this time instead of just the one. Right, and that he does true. a double kick a double foot drop kick instead of a uh a regular single foot kick. Yes. Yep. And then they're both lying on the ground and there's dramatic violins. It, it's the samurai Who's... thing where they both did the the big final attack on each other and then Yeah. One of the samurai, the Rhino Beetle guy, gets back up first. So you think he lived, but no, he actually died. He takes a couple steps forward, like, yes, I won. Wait, <laughs> hold on, what's I'm this weird emblem Oops. on my chest? <laughs> that is vastly different now. And then he explodes. Yep. And Goro's just like, yeah, I did it. Uh, the symbol is just two of the normal kick symbols side by side. Yeah. And then Godai finally realizes that he turned black and is like, oh, hey, I became black. What a line. Yeah, that that's definitely a line. Did we get <laughs> to the point? Literally black. Did we get to the point where Gene is creeping outside Anakita's house yet? Just about. Also, I just noticed uh his belt gained the gold around like around the jewel, it's all gold now. I believe that's with any of the upgrade forms. 
Does oh, it? Okay. I okay. believe so. But yeah, uh, so yeah, the guy blows up, he won, but there's a bit left in the episode. Yes, I'm looking at pictures of the of the rising forms right now, and yes, the gold is around it. And so Gene has gotten Enikita home on his scooter. And the way Enikita leaves, she like hands him the she hands him her helmet, is like, alright, I'll do my best. And Gene gives her a thumbs up, tells her good luck. It's like, okay, I'll see you later. They don't really say. But Gene is, Gene is specifically left outside as Anakita runs up, goes inside the apartment, and is like, hey, I'm home, and explains herself to Sayuru, who is still in her bedroom, completely closed up. Right. And she basically sits down and is like, hey, so I can't be here all the time. There's nothing I can do about it. I need to help save the world. I love you, and I need you to know that, but I need to go... Mom has to go save the world. <laughs> yeah, it's a rough it's job. Like, I'll, I'll, yeah, yeah she, she specifically says, I value you as much as I value anything else I put effort into. Yeah. As much, as, as much effort as I put into this work, I value you just as much. And, uh, yeah, he, he appreciates her confession, and uh, he opens the door and gives her a big hug. Very sweet. Yeah. Sweet. And I assume he runs off to the bathroom then because he has been in there all day not peeing. So Yeah. And everybody's crying and hugging and then uh she's like, Oh yeah, here's the paper craft. And then yeah, Gene has been standing outside their front door listening in. And yeah, that's like, really fucking weird. Like what I why? I really don't think that's that weird. I wanted to make sure it went okay. I think it's kind of creepy. I mean, a little. I, I if I feel that if we had seen more like on camera scenes of Gene and Enikita just interacting, it would feel less a little less weird. I can see both points of it being weird and not. It's just I. I don't think we saw enough of their relationship developing. I mean, I think if he opened the door and was like, oh, good job, you did it. Like, that would be super weird. Yeah, that, that, that'd that be real bad. <laughs> I think, like, he just wanted to make sure she was, like, okay. I don't know. I read it as, I read it as the creepy thing first. Yeah. Okay, so then uh, we get to see Godai and Ichijo meeting up on a pier somewhere. I don't know why. Isn't the stadium in the background? Oh, they're, I, I guess they're outside the stadium. Godai finally showed up, but they give each other thumbs up and smiles. Godai's thumbs up is in slow motion. <laughs> yeah. And then we go to a top of a bu- the top of the building where Rose Woman is up there is like, and number zero shows up. She's like, hey, so Godura was killed. I guess you're going to fight Kuga? And here's where this shit implies shit. Oh, God, this is so fucking weird. We get to see Number Zero's face in full. And Number Zero has the Garangi symbol for warrior in white in the exact same place that the Rose Woman has the rose on her forehead. Right. Yeah. This is... What does that mean? I have no idea. Editor Fletcher here cutting in because apparently none of our hosts realized during the entirety of this show that all of them have a tattoo somewhere on them and it references the animal or 
whatever their original form is. So it's not a rank thing. It just has to do with whatever they were. The Rose Woman has that because she was plant-like. Just like uh, Daguva is a mirror of Kuga in terms of form and power, so he has a Kuga-like symbol. That's why some of the other guys had things like a beetle or a fox or a condor or whatever. You're welcome. I cut out five minutes of this. But uh, that's the end of episode 46. Yep. Yep. And so we go on to episode 47. Which is called Decision. Which, yeah, this was... This is a bit of a confusing opening. This opening is really... It, it's confusing, but it's also really fucking cool. Yeah, no, it's really good. It just takes... It took me a little bit to understand what had actually happened and was going yeah, on. Yeah, it, it's not immediately clear it's a Godai POV. Yes, so the cold, we cut to a cold open of... It is a blurry view, and like they're static, and it's it's raining really heavily... As we see number zero smiling and looking around, and then we cut to it has to be Godai's view trying to stagger after him because it's a really shaky view, and we see number zero transform and point, and you hear Godai groan in pain as he's on fire, and then we get to see scenes of this intersection, and oh, we all also get to see Godai looking at himself in a mirror and. The Amadom is cracked. Not broken, but it has massive cracks on it. And then we get to see scenes of cars exploding into fire. Right. As number zero is just... <laughs> yeah, it looks like number zero is just willing the entire city to be on fire. He's just giggling in the background yeah, softly. It seems like his power is just, like, setting things on fire. And he starts taunting Godai with the the bit What's of wrong? the there's a like a a scene where there's a guy in a phone booth who likes get likes get slid on fire and is like writhing around the phone booth. That's really creepy. That's not child appropriate. <laughs> you see scenes of people in a car that get set on fire and they're freaking out inside the car and wiggling around and screaming and it looks like they're old people and you see cars crashing and exploding and it's. He's just giggling. This number zero is giggling the entire time, and then he's like, "Hey, what's wrong? Where's your smile? Let me see your smile." Yeah, he's just like that generic, creepy as hell villain dude. Right. Come on, yeah. be stronger. And you see the point of view collapse, and you hear Ichijo say, "Godai," and that's the intro. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause the and intro. then we go back to the original <laughs> intro song. So happy it was back for the last two episodes. <laughs> it's so good. I can say whoa, Tokyo on my tail. No pain. <laughs> oh, it's such a good song. Yep. Yeah. I'm gonna have okay. to. Sh- I have. I've. I have had the intro to Common Rider Kuga as my ringtone for this entire nine months that we've been doing this. <laughs> Is it really? <laughs> so good? Th- have we really been watching Kuga for? Yeah. Nine months? We've been watching we Kuga for a this- while. <laughs> first episode was nine months ago uh, wow wow yeah okay so uh when we come back from the intro we see K- uh godai's ultimate form yes do we um, and it it's like a um godai's having a vision of it kind of i think oh uh, okay he's he's super spiky He's got spiky pauldrons and spiky elbow pads and spiky knee pads and extra spiky helmet he's a hedgehog yeah, we actually, uh, this would have been a cool reveal, but we actually saw this in that, uh, Zio movie the other day. 
Yeah. I mean, we also saw it like when he killed that one dude after punching him a bunch in Visions. Like we've seen this form before. Yeah, have we? Yeah, but, uh, okay, it's enough. the one that's been in Visions. We... Godai, in a very serious voice for Godai especially, is just like, "Hey, Itch Joe, I'm going to do it." And we're not sure what he's implying yet, but it's I. I what ends up being, "Hey, I'm going to use the ultimate. I'm going to use all the power." I'm going to use the ultimate evil, whatever. Right. Yeah, this is basically, okay, The it is raining and dark in this entire episode, and yeah. it's the episode where Godai goes and says goodbye to everyone. Yeah. Right. It's, he he shows, every single time, every single place, he shows up, has reminisces a little bit, and it's like, all right, well, you know, after this next fight, I'm going to go on my next great adventure. Right. Which right. could be entitled as which which yeah construed as his death, right? Yeah, um, yeah. He, uh, I, I'm pretty sure at this point, Godai does not really have any idea if he's going to live through this or not. Yeah, yeah no, it's up. Uh, it's okay. So what had actually happened is that entire intro was a fight that actually happened. That is all we've seen. That is all we saw of the fight. But that was Godai fighting Number Zero for the first time, and getting completely wrecked. Yeah, we never actually see that fight in full either. We just see the aftermath of it. No. Uh, so it's Godai is driving on the beat chaser, and he's talking to Ich. He talks to Ichijo. He's like, "Hey, so is that radar that for number zero done yet? No, it's not going to be done until nine o'clock. Okay, well, keep me informed. Okay. And we go to Pole Pole, and owner is staring. At the picture of Everest, while Nana is sitting at the bar, and there is a newspaper in front of her. And I cannot read Japanese, but I think it is opened up to an article that is about the attack that happened. Right. And it is explaining that number zero defeated number four and killed a whole bunch of people. Right, that's what it seems like. Yeah. And uh, Nana asks, Nana's asking and wondering, hey... Where did Godai go in this weather? Because uh, Uncle Uncle like flips over the paper too in a in a subtle motion. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it he, he covers up he the headline ask... and the photo on the front yeah. page. I thought he like took it and flipped it over to the other side, but I could be wrong. He did. He does. He picks it up and yeah. flips it. Yeah. Is she? Asked, she's wondering where Godai went, and owner's just like, "Well, he's always like that in this weather." And they're the most subdued I've ever seen them. Mm-hmm. They're the comic relief pair, and they're it's, there's nothing there. This rain is so pervasive. It does such a good job. Yeah, it's a really effective mood mood piece. Yeah, it really kind of just like sets the tone for the whole episode. Mm-hmm. It does. Godai has driven out to the elementary school and is visiting Kanzaki Sensei. Uh, but before Kanzaki even shows up, he's stating and watching a television where there is a news report that is listing the dead. You see Godai clench his fist and just go oh, get really angry. And then he hears Kanzaki shows up and it goes away and he's smiling. And they have a conversation about, hey, man, look at these characters that these look at the that Katakana or Hiragana. I can't fucking. They're kanji. 
Uh, look at these kanji that the kids are tra practicing on. Man, don't you feel hope when you look at these? Godai is going to his father figure, a substitute father figure, and is just wanting to spend time with him. Right. And he asks, um, he asks him, like, when you look at them, do you really feel hope? And, like, I, that's a really heavy question for Godai to ask. Like, yeah. But yeah, he, he's he's asking his dad, father figure, like, yeah, you're right, Evan, like, can the world, like, am I really, like, is the world I'm fighting for worth it? Yeah, it's <laughs> not asking, am I going to win, but does it matter? Like, yeah, is it worth, like, is it is this all worth, worth all the effort implied, is it worth dying for? Right. Yeah, it, it's a really good scene that... It's almost like like the secondary thing of this is just Godai like reaffirming all of the things he believes in as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I I really, um I really like this bit. It cuz um there's the the episode's made up of a bunch of essentially this vignette of Godai talking to the other secondary characters and each one highlights how they've affected him and how he's affected them. Yeah. And like all the positive positivity that have come out of these relationships. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot it's you can really good. there's a lot you can break down in this episode just with all of it. Yes, we could probably spend an episode of the podcast talking about <laughs> each of these videos. We honestly yeah, probably like could talk about talk I mean, yeah, if if he wasn't a common writer, it's a half hour character vignette about someone, you know, leaving home forever. <gasps> yeah. yeah. And he's he reaffirms what the th he he basically ends this conversation with the reaffirmation of, you know, uh, I'm, I'm we're working with I'm working with the police. They're doing a, a really good job. We're gonna find number zero, and I'm gonna use the golden power, and I'm gonna defeat him, and then I'm gonna go on my next adventure. And then they give each other thumbs up, and I thought they were. I was so hoping they were gonna hug. <laughs> I really thought they were. I thought he was going in for the hug. I thought he was too, actually. Kanzaki just grabs Godai's shoulders and is like patting his shoulders. Man, you should have hugged him. <laughs> Gotta keep thumbsing up too. Yeah. And then we go to the police. And I have liked this thing that throughout the show, progressively more and more people have come into this like meeting room and become part of this team where it's now it's just, oh yeah, the chief of police is here. The, the Godai's buddies team. Yeah, Godai, Godai's buddies. It pretty much is the Godai's buddies team. It's real good. Right, because they're all really worried that something super bad is going to happen to him now. And they're basically like, hey, so we're trying to make this radar, but until it's done, we're vulnerable, so be careful. Okay, break. Yeah, there's this radar thing which never pays off whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, it's how they find where number zero is, right? Yeah. No. Okay. I mean, Godai just runs really into him in the end, and then he gets a vision of where to go, so this never comes into play. Oh, okay. I mean, I, narratively, it's putting a time limit on when the final confrontation's gonna happen. Yes. Like, Godai has, Godai has today to say his goodbyes. Yeah. Let me go back to Junon. Yeah, there's also this thing where, like, for everyone, Tui's like, don't worry, I'm definitely gonna win, and then I'm gonna go have this journey. Right. Yeah. Every single time. 
So we go to Junon, where Sakurako is staring at the Indonesian mask that Godai brought way back in the first episode that's still up on the wall. That's one of the reasons I knew he was fine in the end. Um, <laughs> it didn't fall off the wall. Uh, she's just kind of staring at it before she goes back to her desk where she's doing more research. She's doing more translation work on, like, I think it's the phrase about the sun blacking out. Right. Yeah, because she's gonna she's gonna say it again as a coda in this episode when she talks to Godai. Right. Maybe it's next episode yeah. actually. But yeah, the thing about when the when the spring when the holy spring is emptied, the sun will become buried in darkness or whatever it is. Yeah. John shows back up and he's like, "Hey, so have you seen Godai lately?" Sakura was like, "No." So Jean's like, hey, is it, do you think it's because of his wounds? Is is he going to be okay? Sakuraka's like, nah. Godai's thinking of a way to win. He'll do it. We just got to believe in Godai. Pretty much. This is definitely a bit where I wish I knew some more Japanese so I could get some more of the subtleties of this conversation. Right. Because um, yeah. Sakuraka asks... Um, no, she she tells uh, John, uh, he's tra- he's going to find a way to become a fearsome warrior. And John says, "What? Isn't it impossible to become that?" And like, I'm a little unclear on what like what exactly is she saying there. Yeah, it's. I think there's some subtleties here. That well, I think there's that. So they're explaining that, and Jean's like, "What? There's no way that Godai would become you know like the ultimate darkness and to do this or whatever." Oh, do yeah. you do you think he means? Isn't it? Wouldn't it be impossible for Godai to become that? That would right. make more sense too. Yeah, I think that's more as like yeah, that's true. As Gene being like, "What Godai would not give in to that?" Right, that makes sense. Oh, Aslan, this is yeah, and uh, I haven't. She, cat- she says, "With the way Godai is thinking and feeling now," and then the camera cuts to Godai driving in a heavy rainstorm. <laughs> yeah, because he's got to visit Anakita now. They're having some tea. Um, oh wait, yeah, they have the he, scene he, with he uh, drives up. They have the scene with Number Zero first before the end of yes, the debate. Number Zero and the Rose Woman are under a bridge. He only kills strong people. I and he says, "I'm going to give him the same thing he gave me that time." I I think he's talking about the former Kuga there. Yeah. The okay. So yeah, they're under a bridge having a conversation. And number zero wants Godai to become his strongest before he beats him because he's that type of villain. Yeah, yeah. And I assume he's referencing the fact that when Kuga beat the previous form of number zero, it turned him into this ultimately powerful thing he is now. Right. Yeah, I think it is that the number zero was the winner of the original Gigadu, and then the original Linto Kuga beat him. Right. And somehow beating Daguva caused Daguva to be sealed and to upgrade because of ultimate hatred. The original Kuga was the other sarcophagus in there. Yes. Well, it's I'm wondering it's because I think the ultimate power in that situation is hatred. So it's he got beat and got so pissed off and fuck you how dare you do this to me he got stronger maybe 
Yeah. I mean, uh, actually, you know, from the way it was explained, what could have happened is is that the first Kuga beat the winner of the Daguva, uh, beat the winner of the the Gegaru, and that he the the person he beat was Dagova and like when he killed Dagova Dagova took over his body that may also have been true so the body he's in now might be the first Kugawa no um, no because they they definitely show the old Kuga body it's mummified and stuff oh yeah you're totally right well then what the hell was all that stuff about taking over people's bodies then <laughs> well no i i think I think Dagava is trying to push Kuga to become the ultimate darkness himself. Okay. Right. I mean, that's why he's been doing everything he's been doing. Right. So I think, yeah, I think, I think his game is just pushing Kuga to his ultimate form. To have a good fight. To have a good fight. And then even if he loses, at that point, he's then corrupted Godai. Mm Mm-hmm. He's right. Yeah, that works. Alright, so then, yes, now we have Godai with Anakita, who they have, uh, Godai, it, it, it starts after Godai has explained, done the explanation of, I'm gonna win, and then I'm gonna go on an adventure. And they notice the picture of her son there now. Anakita's response of, I, I really like the tone of her voice, cause she's like, oh, I see. So you're going on an adventure after this. It's like she understands what he's actually saying. Oh, okay. Yeah, that that's a good point. And then, like, Godai has this expression on his face of like, oh, you kind of caught me. And she, because she says it sounds lonely. Mm-hmm. And he gets this expression on his face of, oh, hey, hey, is this a picture of your kid, Sayuru? And completely swerves into another conversation. That's interesting. Lane. I didn't see it that way. That makes sense, though. It's like, hey, let's not talk about me. Let's talk about you. Right. It's like, you haven't been home lately, right? And she's like, no, it's fine. I talked with my kid, and it's, it's okay. And they do a little absurd joke about failing, failing going on a walk, and that means you fell in a ditch. Yeah, it's a pretty good line. And it's once Godai feels he is sufficiently like distracted from his own anxiety, he's like, "Well, yep, yeah, no, that means I better go then." Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, because she's saying she's gonna go on a walk with Sairuru, and like, he's like, "Oh, I hope that goes well. I hope it's not too uncomfortable or anything." Yeah. She's like, "Well, you can't really fail going on a walk." You would be surprised. I don't have an antidote about failing a walk, but. <laughs> if I did, I'd put did. one there. <laughs> the Enikita starts lamenting that they're making the super nerve-breaking bullets, which are even stronger. And she starts lamenting the uh, military scientist thing of like, man, I just I keep making stronger and stronger weapons, and this is starting to feel weird to me. Right. That is a really cool thing that could be, like, an entire show arc on its own. Right. I mean, that's, that's like, uh, I mean, there's that character in every Metal Gear game. (laughs) They talk about it a lot. Actually, somehow, somehow future cast, when we get to Agito, should, should keep that in mind and see the escalation that happens there. But, uh, 
Godai is just like, well, no, it'll be fine. It won't matter because number zero is going to be gone soon because I'm going to beat him. Right. And so they, uh, they'll be gone soon. And then we can both make a big old hot cake and share it with Sayuru. I mean, I kind of see where Anakin is coming from here. Like, do we really want human beings to be able to kill the strongest thing in the world? Yeah. That's a little iffy. It's a legit thought. It's a legit worry. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I guess part of my question is like, what what do those bullets have effect on people? I mean, I assume I mean, they would still bullets. They probably burrow into you and then blow up. So they're probably like uh, I forget what those are called in reality, but uh, uh tumblers or fragmentation rounds. Or, like, they don't go through you. They just lodge in your internal organs and really fuck you up. There's also a thing of, like, 22 rounds. Yeah. Uh, When you're hunting, like, going into the skull, punching through, like, the skull in the first, but through the first impact going through the skull, but losing enough velocity, velocity that instead it just bounces around inside the skull. Right. So right. Like, so I guess imagine, my... imagine that, but worse. I think is what she's worried about. I mean, is it how much? How much worse is it than like all those awful things we just listed? <laughs> I, you've you've got a point. You got a point. It's more of a philosophical issue than anything. I think. Just about. But uh, so they give each other thumbs up, and we cut to Ichijo getting a call from Sasayama, and she's like, "Hey, there was a." There's a security camera that picked up an identified life form B1. Do we want to call Godai? And she's just like, no. We'll deal with it ourselves. Yeah, she's just like, I got this shit. Which he does. Yeah. Like, legit, he does. Uh, but first we gotta see, go see Minori, who has got to have the fun situation of... Like little elementary school kids go- looking up at her and going, "Are we gonna die?" Yeah, boy, that was an interesting. Are my mom and dad gonna die? That was an interesting tank. <laughs> Minori's like, "No, it's gonna be fine." And they look at her like, "Number four got defeated. We're gonna die." <laughs> Jesus, these kids. I mean, understandable, but wow, it's a real something thing. Yeah, the the world is hard. Yeah, the it. But then we immediately get the thing where the phone rings and uh, her friend is going into late is going to be going into labor soon. She thinks, and her friend is worried. He's like, "Man, I don't, I don't know how I feel about having a kid coming into this world right now. It's making me kind of upset." Minori's response is, no, this is the perfect time for a baby, because babies make everyone smile, and we need smiles. Yeah, I guess everyone likes smiles, uh, or babies, I mean, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I I guess. Sure, if they're well behaved. I mean, I don't really like babies, but, you know, whatever. Hate to break it to you, Shinzo Abe, but nobody working on this podcast about a Japanese program is going to be giving you anything to solve that declining birth rate, baby. I mean, I guess... I guess it's also maybe, like, signifying, like... 
a new beginning for for this arc that's about to close. Right, because yeah. like, okay, they're worried that this is the end of humanity. Like we were saying, like, if they can't kill number zero, well then what the fuck are they gonna do? Right. Yeah. Everyone's He dead. can look at things and light them on fire. Like, yeah. You know, what are you gonna do? Um, so yeah, if, if this is the end of humanity, it would be a little weird to be having a baby, but yeah, so Minori's like, no, it's a new beginning. Things will continue on. Yep. Right, let me cut to Sakurai and Ichijo showing up uh, at the location where number or the Rose Woman was apparently at some point. And Sakurai is correctly wondering, hey, so why didn't you tell Godai about this? Ichijo's explanation is, well, if this is their hideout with how they've been acting, they're not going to come back. So there's no point for Godai being here. I think it's more Ichijo just doesn't want to bug Godai. That's probably the more actual reason, but the reason he gives to Sakurai. I mean, or possibly that Ichijo wants to, like, resolve this himself, because he's really been the one who's interacted with Rose Lady throughout the entire show at this point. Mm. Yep, I think true. he wants Godai to like have time to heal so he can, you know, be up for fighting number zero. Probably yeah. also that. I think it's like all of those things. Uh, the ne- and the next person on Godai's list to visit, it's Subaki. And uh, again, we cut back in after Godai has given his little speech. Subaki's response is, well, you know, I think, uh, to be honest, I prefer the sea. Oh, did we talk about Godai getting all the charms? Oh, yeah. Uh, did he? Well, he hasn't gone to the school yet. I oh, I thought I thought we just. Oh, yet. yeah, yeah. Okay, never mind. You know that 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 school scene was just the kids looking up at Minori, going, "Are we gonna die?" Yeah, that one. My bad. Because <laughs> yeah, uh, Subaki wants to go to the sea instead of the mountains if he was going to go on an adventure. And uh, you know they're being jokey and silly, and Subaki is coming up with like, man. You know, I'm probably the only doctor in the world that understands your body more than you. <laughs> they have a weird relationship. Yeah. They really do. They I, really do. Subaki's just kind of a weird dude. Yeah. They're waiting for x-rays to come in. And they do. And it has shown that when Godai's... When the Amadam was cracked in Godai's last battle with number zero... Since then, it has repaired, but it's not fixed all the way. There's still a defect. It has a weak Right, yeah, it's not fully recovered yet. Yep. Right. Which will become important later. Yep. At least for a plot point. As if it, it, if it wasn't already... Like, you're not going to put this weak... You're not going to put the Chekhov's gun of a weak point in the show without using exactly. it. Exactly. And Godai probably already knew this, which is why he's been, you know, thinking, like, I'm probably going to die. I mean, we know he already knew this, because he saw the, in the vision at the beginning of the episode, he saw the cracks that went in the, in the uh, window. Right. Yep, he did. Yeah. Tsubaki brings up the fact of feeling super angry over the all the dead people. And is I think he's going to ask Godai... Like, make sure you kill that... Su- like, do the thing of, like, all these people... Seeing all the civilians dead has made me super angry. Make, her- make sure you kill that son of a bitch type of thing. But before he even gets it, Godai just gives him a thumbs up. He's like, no, you know what? 
It's all right. I got it. Thank you very much for everything you've done. And bows to him. I feel bad for Tsubaki at times. Because it's like, I, he's the only person... Like, he's the only one that can deal with Godai's... Being Godai's doctor. Right. Effectively. There's nobody else. And he is... 100%. He is probably way more thinking of the fact of Godai's going to his death than anybody else, considering he was the one that took the uh, X-rays. Yes. I, I don't know, though, but Godai's just got that infectious, like, no, Godai's going to be fine. Godai, Godai's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Yeah, that's true. Uh, there's a short scene of... Ichijo going into a warehouse that apparently leaks like an open bucket. <laughs> or leaks leaks like a bucket without a bottom. Holy crap, that's a leaky building. <laughs> and uh it's then it cut to Ichijo or Godai driving, and then he just kind of stops in the middle of the road, gets off, and thinks about the dead people. Oh wait, I think he—I he, think he went back to the intersection that he had the fight with. Nanjiro right. Yeah, I think at. he went back to kind of like re reflect on it, or kind of uh, reflects the best word I can come up with right now. We're gonna go with that. Yeah, because he he stands in the middle of the road and just kind of spins around, and we get flashes of the fight and seeing people die and get set on fire. And it's we get the same sort of creepy. Same music that always comes around when Number Zero and Godai interact. Really, it's just kind of people a vocal track of people discordantly making noise. Like I don't, I'm not sure how to describe it. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Just they're just kind of like uh, and there's a cup, a bunch of them, and it's all discordant and terrible. It's weird. I thought about also cutting that one in here, but it really doesn't work as background while people are talking, and if I were to just slice it in on its own like I did earlier in the episode, it also comes off kind of weird. Evan did a pretty good impression. But he gets back on his bike and drives off. Uh, while Ichijo is going through a bunch of different rooms, looking for the hideout, and wouldn't you know it, it's the last door on the left. <laughs> But there's nobody there. He also seems surprised that they have books. Yeah, there's a lot. Like, I'm not sure if the books are there because of storage or it was meant to imply that the Rose Woman has been reading them all. I think it's supposed to imply that the Rose Woman has been reading, but that doesn't matter at all. So, Are they all history books? Maybe. That would make sense, actually. And, like, uh, she's she's been reading about human history? That would be really interesting. They, they should have, uh... They should make a show about that. <laughs> <laughs> Human history is fucking weird, man. True. But uh, Ichijo finds a really big version of, like, the rules parchment. Yeah, he finds, like, the paper thing. It's weird. I don't know what, I don't know what all the symbols mean or anything, but it's got, like... A bunch of dark splotches and the Garangi Kuga symbol and the rose symbol. And then like a wolf, a red wolf thing. I don't know. You only see about half the symbol. And cut back to Godai, who has finally made it back to Pole Pole. 
But before we go inside, we cut to number zero, who is staring at some building and smiling and saying something as he we get a lot of really bloom and he blooms to white so weird yeah and that's kind of just that episode yeah that that, that's the end of 47 Mm -hmm. man can you imagine watching that and having that be the end of the episode when this show was coming out (laughs) and having to wait a week yeah that was the most that is a super limp ending yeah i mean you, you gotta have the calm before the storm evan right i understand that but there's calm and then there's placid water I think it's a pretty strong, like, before the last episode thing, you know? Like, this is what you gotta do. Yeah, I guess. it's uh, it, it sets up the last fight as very heavy. That's true. Alright, so next is episode 48. Called Kuga. Called Kuga. This is our titular climax. Our penultimate episode, you'd say. Yeah. I mean it's this is this is the climax of the show. This is finale. Yeah. It's I don't know if I like it. That's fair. Uh, yeah. It I I like the fight up to a point. Yeah, there are parts of it I like and and I yeah, I'm I'm pretty mixed on on it, I got to say. I I think I like what it's trying to say. But it doesn't feel like it lands for me. But we'll get there because we're not there yet. We gotta get. We actually have to get to the fight first. But Godai has gone inside uh, Pole Pole and has spent a nice little time with Owner and Nana. They're berating him for running around in this weather. And he, I think he just literally came in for a cup of tea. Yeah, I think he just came in to to warm up before he's back on the road again. He, it, that, I don't think he actually ever, like, talked about it with them too much. No way, he does right here at the very end. Yeah, he brings it up at the end. Yeah, it's, uh, he's like, okay, I gotta go to the next place. And Nana is, of course, like, wait, where are you going? And Godai's like, hey, I'm going here and there. Then I'm going on an adventure again. And it's kind of fo- the way it focuses on Nana and Owner's face. Their their first reactions are kind of, they look upset and worried. But Owner ends up being like, yeah, no, okay. And smiling. Well, Nana is, of course, freaking out like, no, but why do you have to go and do this? Talking about the fight. And he's like, because I'm Kuga. And it cuts to owner, and he, like, you can see the light go on in his head. I was like, this is definitely the point where I was like, wait, really? (laughs) Now he gets it? He finally got there. And his owner's like, like, yeah, no, I'm going to beat number zero this time. Nana, work hard on your acting. I'm going to go. Uncle, you got to work hard on your shop. And Uncle just kind of confusedly gives him a thumbs up back. And he's like, wait a minute. This entire time. Hold on. Gears turning. That guy's turning. Wait a minute. Gears turning. That guy the entire time. 
<laughs> it is so you can literally see the gears grinding in his head in it's this real scene. good it's so it's good pretty funny so we come back from the intro and godai is driving 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 that's not the important part the important part is ichijo who is looking at the parchment and, and then here's the rose yeah. woman walk up he's like what is this is this relevant at all to the story? She's he, like, yeah, he gets super pissed. Super emotional. Ichijo wants some answers. Well, tough shit, Ichijo. That's uh that's not what that's not what's gonna happen <laughs> this episode. Nobody's <laughs> getting answers from her nobody's getting answers this episode. There are no answers. Um True. You know, so it's the Rose Woman walks up and she's in a very fashionable white suit ja- white suit women's suit jacket. With an ascot. And she's like, hey, man, it really was you. And Ichijo starts like demanding questions like, what what is on this piece of paper? What's the ultimate darkness? With what the fuck is going on? Explain things to me. And she or she's just like, hey, you man. Linto are going to become just like us. I mean, you even hunt the Linto down. You're a Linto warrior. Which is, they had made the point earlier that the Linto word for warrior, like, wasn't even their word. So, like, I think she's implying he's completely antithesis to everything the Linto were. Yeah, it's an interesting take. I'm not entirely sure. But, uh... He keeps like stalking towards her and demanding things, so he she just kind of smacks him and pushes him over and leaves. Yep. And then he follows her and follows her out into the rain, runs after her, and then shoots her six times or five. I times? think it's six. He goes through his entire revolver revolve thing. Yeah, it's he shoots her once in the back. She or once or twice. twice. It's twice see. than four, I believe. Yeah, twice in the back. She turns around. He empties f- the rest of the bullets into her. She smiles as blood comes out of her mouth. Says something in Garangi and then collapses into the water next to her. Congratulations. We have no idea who the Rosalind was, what she did, or what it was. <laughs> and she's really dead. But now she, yeah. she isn't gonna like come she- back or anything. You know, she's dead dead. And, you know, number zero isn't going to say anything about her again. So, you know. I We're done with that good now. Good job, Ichijo. You got one? <laughs> yeah, she just kind of... She drops herself into the water. And apparently she had the uh, piece of paper with her. Because that's now just floating in the water. Yeah. Well, yeah, she may have took it after Ichijo showed it to her. I don't... I guess. It's so, like... And then we cut to number zero, who I guess sensed her dying because he looks sad for about half a second. And then he smiles again. You know, grungy stuff. Don't worry about it. (laughs) And he's just up on a building while it's pouring rain. And now we get the scene where Godai gets all the charms. He's at the nursery and all the kids have made him good luck and good life charms. And I guess he's spent his time going through them. Or he he's 
he's had them all make charms as like a group craft project. Right. And he's like, okay, I'm going to take these with me on my next adventure. And as he's talking about this, it's focus. It's, it's him talking to the kids and you see close-ups of Minori's face as she's crying on the inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, she can definitely sell it. She's not showing it because she's wor- at work and in front of kids. But you can see it in her eyes that it's, oh, God, my brother is going to his death. Mm-hmm. Ah, it's real good. Her actress does a good job. Yeah. The whole cast of Kuga has been really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the kids are like, oh, and Yusuke's like, okay, well, I have to go. And, of course, the kids are like, we don't want Yusuke to go. They're sad. Because it, it has finally stopped raining, so that means that it's time to go to the fight. He leaves. Kids don't want him to leave. Minori comes up and is like, well, he's got to go, so I'll have to do his share. As she shares a look with her brother and tries not to cry. Again. Yeah. Oh, man. And everybody gives thumbs up, because of course... You have to. Yep. And Ichijo is calling back into headquarters like, Hey guys, so I killed number... I killed B1. Wait, you you did what? Yeah, no. I, I shot her and she fell into the harbor. So... She's dead, I guess. Yeah, I pretty much... Mm-hmm. She'd probably find the body, but, you know, whatever. I don't know anything about Akito, but I want to believe that she comes back. I know she won't, though. Wait, is Akito really like a sequel to Kuga? Not. Agito, kind of. From, no. It, okay. From what I can understand, Agito takes place in the same continuity. So, like, it, it's, it's the same world, but as, like, Kuga... The history of the world is Kuga defeated the unknown life forms and then left. Okay. So he had, it's not an actual, it is not a sequel to Kuga's story, but it takes place in the same world. Agito is gotcha. like, you could take it as a, as like a continuation to Kuga, but if you didn't see Kuga, it, there's nothing you're going to miss, really. That makes sense. Yeah. I and figured it was something. It's more like it's the only two series kind of in in this phase where it's kind of like that. All the all the other shows are pretty much standalone, except for like movies. But you know, movie universe shit. Mm, right. No kidding. So we go back to Junon University, where Sakurako is watching the rain. He's like, "Man, I wonder when this is gonna stop." Jean's there too. There, everybody's just kind of being sad in the rain. Right. She notices Godai drive up, and so she immediately runs down outside into the rain. Because she hasn't seen him all day. And uh, this is super important. And she has an umbrella, at least, but she ran out into the rain. Yeah, she's like like the only one that runs out to meet Godai instead of Godai seeing them? Yeah, and I think... Okay, so I'm watching this again. I don't think I... not sure if I'm right, but I didn't notice this the first time. But when she runs out, like, she runs up and then takes a half second, hiding her face with the umbrella to catch her breath, pause, pull it up, and she's got a fake smile on her face. Or she, well, not a fake smile, but a plastered-on smile of everything is fine. So it's like she took that half second of hiding. To compose herself? To compose herself, yeah. 
because they walk back under the awning and it's it's cut really well where it's just fairly far away where you see a three quarters profile of both of them and they're on either side of the shot as the rain is just coming down and they're both kind of hands together looking down inside themselves both man we have some important things to say at the moment but i don't want to say it because saying it makes it real type of thing ha <sighs> and they have a conversation about hey you're protecting everyone's smiles right yeah you got to you have to become this great power you got to do what you got to do i think you're going to be fine it would be bad if the holy spring dried up don't let it dry up they are talking in platitudes and saying so much more with just how they're responding and reacting to one another. Right. It's kind of like not, it's kind of talking about the issue by talking around the issue. Yeah. I think Sakuraoko is the one person who is genuinely sure that Godai isn't going to die in this fight. I think everyone else like wants to believe it, but I think she actually does believe it. I think she does. I, I hope she does, because that's been her character thing like four times in this series prior to now. <laughs> right, right. It's She believes, but she's still super worried. Right. Because, uh, again, before they can, you know, the same thing that has happened a lot of times in this series, before they can actually have the resolution of the conversation, the alarm goes off on Godai's bike and he has to take a call from the police. Right. He takes this conversation and Sakura's like, Sakurako is like, you have to go, right? Yeah, no, it's, I gotta do it. Then she tells him, Iterashai, like, she does the thing of, I'm leaving, you're leaving home, goodbye. And he does the proper response of, okay, I'm leaving home now, goodbye. She does the, see you later. And he says, yeah, I'll see you, yeah, see you around. And as he drives off, Sakurako breaks and runs out into the rain and watches him drive yeah. off. Probably crying, and it's like, no, it's just the rain. Right. Yeah, that one's real interesting. Um, Just, like, again, because, like, she, like, he doesn't even get to go inside the university, which is... No, she just runs out with him. Which is an interesting thing. She t- as she's driving off, she screams after him, make sure you really do your best. Right. And adds quietly after, I'll leave the window open yeah. for you. Which, ugh. Ugh. That's real good. You see Godai driving away, but then it cuts to number one, who has set more cars and people on fire. And is super happy about it. Yep. That, yep. Just pretty much yep. And then, yeah, Godai meets up with um, Ichijo's still on his way. And... Oh, no, the radar was completed and was being used. No, I thought they said it wasn't ready yet. He showed up. Yeah. No, it's uh, the radar has been activated. Oh, okay. Yeah, headquarters calling all cars. The radar system has been activated. We've located number zero. That's how they find out where he's going. Okay. So, yeah, they... Uh, they finally get catch up to number zero who has been just killing going around i guess randomly burning people yeah i mean that's what he does he walks around and sets things on fire he telepathically sends to godai oh you finally showed up can you become the same as me 
I'll wait for you at the place from our memories. Goodbye. <laughs> and disappears into a flash of yep. light. And then Ichijo drives up as soon as number zero is gone. It's like, hey, wait, Godai, what happened? And Godai's like, I know where he went. We have to go to Mount Kuro. Which I guess he remembered from his DNA memories from the original Go Kuga? Possibly. Maybe. I mean he's he's got memories from uh from the belt guy before. Yeah. Yeah. So we see number zero, who is I I love the composition of this of the fight and this shot. Because they are basically up on a mountain somewhere where it's snowing super heavily. And number zero is all in white, and we just see it a super wide shot, slow fade in of the snow going away. Oh, there's number zero just standing in the snow, waiting. Yep. It's great. He's prepared for this for this final fight. You see Godai and Ichijo driving up there. And they park, and they have their final broman. It this is definitely like the broiest of bromance the series has gone. This it's I I I I was sitting here watching it, going just fucking kiss. pretty much, just fucking kiss. Yeah, I I genuinely thought that they were gonna like you know say you know I love you, don't die or something for a minute there. Yeah, like <laughs> man, like not even joking. I thought they were gonna actually go for it. Uh, Godai Godai opens the conversation with, "Hey, so the belt." Uh, it still has a crack in it. Aim there. So, if I go evil, aim there. And Ichijo is... Ichijo's entire point is, I... I'm sorry. I'm sorry I brought you down this path. I know you just wanted to. I dragged you into this. Which is kind of true. I mean, he's not wrong. Yeah. Yes and no. I mean, like... It's he was the one that asked for Godai to be brought in to look at it. It's not his fault that Godai brought on put on the belt, but he still was the one that put Godai in the position. Mm-hmm. Right. And Godai's response is, of course, nah, don't blame yourself. Yeah. If it wasn't for this, I wouldn't have gotten to meet you. Yeah. Right. Like man. It's romantic. If one it's super romantic. He's like, I wouldn't have gotten to meet you. And he's just like, oh, good. And then they thumbs up. Yes, they do. They do a passionate thumbs up. And he's like, now, please watch my transformation. Yes. And we get to see Godai go straight to rising ultimate. No, this is this is the this ultimate ultimate. This is his final this is final ultimate form. ultimate. Well, no, that final final form was in the uh, Heisei generation. Was that in Heisei generations ultimate? I don't know. Which one Maybe. are you talking about? I think he goes into a black form in that. It's a little bit different. But uh, he transforms, and it's he's all black with golden piping. Uh, the, the horns. He's got four horns yep. now. Yeah, and at this point, I'm like, okay, we're 18 and a half minutes into this episode. Is the fight going to be in the next episode? Because we're, we're kind of coming down no. to the wire here. Uh, nope. No, they're, uh, yeah, they're going to finish it in the next four minutes. They do, and I've got mixed feelings about this fight. Uh, it's interesting. 
it's so... it, it's interesting it's 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 shot really interestingly but i'm not it's like i'm not again it, i don't think it lands the message it's trying to get across but uh so godai runs out into the snow and you get to see this nice shot of entirely black kuga in the white snow across from white number zero in the snow it's neat Number Zero, of course, starts taunting Kuga Godai with like, hey, you finally possess the ultimate power, I guess. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Right? You made it, right? And transforms, points at Godai, and Godai gets set on fire. Yeah, he just, yeah, they start slowly walking towards each other, and he just holds up his hand <laughs> at Godai. And he just lights on fire, which, uh, I mean, okay... I kind of love that. I think that's really interesting to just so that it like is. they have so much power that like the their force of will fancy fancy tricks with with fire or weapons. That's just not going to work at this point. They're beyond that. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, and I also like we'll throw in a little as a prelude, but like that that's not going to fix this. I like that number zero's suit is. With slight design differences, just a white Kuga suit. It's I, I really like his uh, it's, design. Actually, they're super similar. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty similar. Like he's he's got the same sort of eyes and mask that Imperial did, but like his chest armor is the same. He's got spikes in the same places. Uh, his horns are di- a bit different. They're more just like curved horns instead of like a beetle right. horn. And it looks like he has, like, trophies on him or something. Like, he's wearing, like, a cape and uh, stuff on his chest. But, uh, so they set each other on fire. And it really doesn't do anything to either of them. So they both just charge. It is. It's a real cool shot to see them both walking at each other on fire. And there... I, I should make the point. There's no music... Yeah, the, the soundtrack been, is the howling of the wind. Yeah, there hasn't been any music ever since the snow, ever since this snow scene. The only sound, yeah, the only soundtrack has been the howling of the wind. It's, it's a really good backing to this. Yeah. I like the quiet. But, uh, so they walk at each other on fire, then charge and both punch each other in the chest causing identical spurts of blood to come right, out. Right, yeah. This is like what was happening with that uh the other Gronky who fought where they just like are tearing chunks out of each other with yeah. each hit. Yeah, it's But actually it is when they when they back the camera off, you can see they're not injured. So their injuries are healing instantly. Yeah, it's they're they're hitting so hard, it's ripping their skin, but that yeah, it heals instantly. And they're just it's the same sort of thing with where when Godai was fighting the porcupine, like they're just grunting and punching each other. And it is. This was a brutal fight. This is right. Yeah, this is not this is not ha ha Saturday morning cartoons. I'm going to fight the monster. Yeah, this is two men with entirely opposing philosophical differences who have no way to resolve this other than to kill one another. Yeah, they, they're brawling to the death at this point. 
just not even they can't, no defense no you know they're not dodging. really using superpowers they're not using like extra weapons yeah they're just punching they're beating each other to death actually reminds me uh, weirdly i don't okay i don't know if anyone is going to know this reference but at the end of Metal Gear Solid 4, there's this incredibly long kung fu sequence where you fight Ocelot in, like, five different styles. And then at the at the very end, when it comes down to the end, they're just wailing on each other. Basically like yeah, this. Yeah, it's, it, it's just, at the very end of it, it's just two old men punching right. each other in yeah, the Yeah, they're just punching each other until one of them dies. Yeah. And, like, Kuga's, they both strike at each other's belt. And those get super cracked and shattering. And it's Kuga strikes uh, Zero's belt first, and then Zero strikes Kuga's belt. And they both clothesline each other into the ground. Yep. It's a neat wrestling bit. And then they just continue to punch each other untransformed, and it's bloody as hell. And we we cut to Ichijo, who's stalking through the snow after Godai. But yeah, apparently they've been fighting long enough that both of them have untransform- detransformed and the fight has dissolved into i punch you in the face you punch me in the face i punch you in the face you punch me in the face yeah and they're just panting or godai is panting and seems angry and number 0 keeps panting and laughing a bit and there's a scene where it slows down and godai is looking like he's crying as he's doing this while number 0 is laughing and it's just—it's a cool like parallel thing. It's kind of like, even though Godai has been put to this thing where he needs to use violence, he's he's upset about it even till the very end. Yeah, and they both do one more punch at each other's face, causing them both to spit out blood, and then collapse. Yep, and then they're both dead. Show's over. Yeah, and yeah. Well, yeah, and the last shot of the show is Ichijo yelling, "Go die!" And then and the Ichijo the staggers up over down. a ridge. He staggers up over a ridge and sees them collapsed in the snow and yells out, "Go die!" Or no, he well, he's first, you know, whispers it to himself, then yells, "Go die!" and he sounds like, "Oh god, my friend is dead." And yeah, no, that, that's the end yep. of the episode. Well, no, end of the show. There's, there's nothing more after this. We finished it. We're done. Yeah, there's, there is no s- another episode. Godai yep. is dead. Good show. I mean, okay, <laughs> yeah. Uh, episode forty nine basically tries to fake you out into thinking that Godai is dead for a while. Episode forty nine is called Yusuke, by the way. I, I don't know how to feel about that fight. Like, narratively, it's neat. I, I like the ideas it portrays. I like what it's trying to do. But every time I watch it, I'm just kind of like. Uh... I don't think making it like a long choreographed thing, though, would have made it better. Yeah, I, I, the thing is, is I I don't know what I don't know what it, what, what I would want different. Um, I don't know. It in some ways it reminded me of what I liked about. The last episode of Gunbuster. I mean, it's been a joke a thousand times that, like, they ran yeah, out of money. that's true. You know, they just, you know, showed some slides and in black and white and called it a day. When that's such an obvious misrepresentation of what has happened. It's intentionally limited to show the 
to show the mo- the emotional moments to just show that like yeah. you don't need to see everything just it doesn't need to be a monster of the week i'm gonna fight the villain with my superpowers and my special toys you need to understand that the fight is beyond what you could really feel or understand if you saw all of it so here's the important beats right i think i mean seeing the full fight would have would have definitely been worse i i think i'm pretty strong on that point i i i agree i agree with that i think that works I just, uh, by that point, specifically in Gunbuster, the stakes are all clearly established. What is going on with the antagonist is clearly well established. Every question has been answered. All that's left is for the characters to test themselves in that last fight. And that's kind of not the case in Kuga. I have so many questions left. I still basically have no idea what was going on. (laughs) Kinda. They were grungy and they were bad. Other than, yeah, other than it's, they're the bad guys that do the bad things. And it's very obviously, I w- I, I'm going to spend the time going through and listening to seeing the translation of their actual language to see if it changes anything. Because it does feel like just, the bad guys showed up. Look at this bad man who likes to kill. Isn't he the bad man? We fight the bad man. And, like, it was portrayed in a very well put together 49 episode series i just see, I, I, it doesn't feel like it lands to me i i can see it i can see like, like you almost stick the landing but something about it is making me go eh. i think the even, fact that there are these the I think, fact that there are these like loose plot threads like with the rose lady and stuff that never really go anywhere you know like i i don't know what was going on in production like maybe they had plans for more that just didn't they didn't have the chance for I really don't know. <laughs> but, like, you know, clearly, I, I don't know. It seems to me, the like, when you watch the show, there are blanks that had things in them at certain points. Yeah, a little bit. I I feel like we were so close, and we just... If there was just, like, one clear stake at the end, I feel like the rest of the dangling, grungy stuff could have been taken in stride. But I think we were just lacking, like, a real major thing. Right, because, I mean, okay, the stakes are pretty clear for Godai. They've actually spent a lot of time establishing that in a real subtle, interesting way. That, like, for him, like, humanity and ideology are at stake in, like, this weird conceptual way. I think that actually works really well for, like, considering what sort of show this is. It's like an episodic kids show. I think they really landed that, which is hard to do. Like, I, I'll yeah. give them a lot of credit for that, but they never. Why? Why does the? Why do the Gronky want this? Why do the Gronky want this conflict? Yeah, it it never really. I mean, we got the information that it really may have just been like the it, an ancient time human of they're a different tribe than us. That's bad. Yeah, I thought, and Kill I remember them. like a while ago, I was like, maybe they're saying, they're not telling us about the Grungi because they're saying this is more about humanity in general. But they don't really do that. They keep the Grungi no, alien no, no, no. throughout the, through to the end of the show. Yeah. I mean, there there is, there is the bit where they are biologically identical except for the gems inside right, of them. Right. And I believe that on the wiki, 
it states that the Grongi were just human. They just found these crystals in a cave. That had Amadams put into them? That's interesting, actually. Yeah, the, 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 they, they found the Amadam. They basically found Amadams in a cave, and it made them able to fight and transform. And But, like, we spent so much time with the Grongi, and if their thing is, we, like, we think violence is, like, good for the world, or, like, violence makes people better, or, or something... Like something, they don't. They don't ever give anything there, and the characters gave up on speculating about it like twenty episodes ago. They, they have this entire society that is built around this game. What's the point of the game? Right, because the point of the game, the point of the game seems to be for us to all die, which is weird. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it's literally, or maybe it's. You, they're not meant to have opposition, and it's literally just, hey, let's kill these helpless things. Which, like, if if Kuga wasn't around, there would be no challenge. I mean, well, since uh, probably the scientists would have come up with something eventually. Well, it's it still took them eight, mu- eight probably close to a year's worth of work right. to create the nerve-breaking bullets with... The anatomical information of Godai. Right, yeah, that's with Godai helping them And being a able lot. to work with that. Yeah, it's... I don't... Like, I think humanity would have been fucked within three months if Kuga wasn't there. It's possible. It's possible. But yeah, there's just... I don't know. Like, we hit this really interestingly done... They make so many interesting directorial choices at the end here, but just like... They they blew a lot of time that they didn't that they needed to spend on some setup to get to for this point. Some sort of setup, some sort of resolution. And I feel bad about saying that. What, one thing I, I will say, I guess we should say this for next episode, but I do want to say it now. I I am extremely confused now that I've seen the show. I've seen nothing but universal praise for it. It is incredibly well loved. Everybody remembers it fondly. This does not seem like a show with mainstream appeal. Like, it is really, really weird and out there in a lot of ways. The 2000s were weird, man. <laughs> and, I, I mean, I, I'm glad that it's remembered well. Like, I think it does a lot of interesting stuff that's worth remembering. Yeah. But, like, it does not seem like it has broad appeal to me. <laughs> I mean, well, I, I will sit here and I will say, hey, if you've been listening to us natter on for the past nine months about Kuga and you haven't actually watched it yourself and just listened to us talk about it, I'd say it's still worth watching. Yeah, yeah, I'd say give it it's a look. It's still good. It's give it, give it a couple episodes. It's a fun fucking show. It's, it's even just the beginning when it's pretty much, hey, look at the cool guy beat up on the monster. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's just I don't think this ending sticks it. Yeah. I think the ending Which would work really well if they had done some more stuff in the middle. <laughs> yeah, I don't like, part of me's like, this ending's actually super interesting in the fact that just like, there's this mysterious alien-ish tribe of people that are doing stuff, and humans are just like, we don't fucking know, but we gotta stop this. <laughs> right, but, but you like, can't do that for 49 episodes. But, I mean, yeah. Can, can't you? They just did it. I mean, they can, but I, I, in my opinion, like there are parts of that that didn't work because they, they didn't have stu- have enough to fill that space with. Right. 
there is definitely something that they could have done it, but like even just like fleshing out the that they don't under really understand what's going on would have been mm-hmm. a would have been an acceptable angle as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah, even like maybe what if they like if they had the Gurungi be like, we don't know why we're doing this, just number zero said to do it. Yeah, a few more points of context would have really helped right. solidify the entire thing. Editor Fletcher here again, and let me just go over what our boys missed because they did this in batches over nine months and missed some of the subtleties. The game itself is basically a challenge for ascension within the Garangi ranks, which is why there were different strata of players. The one guy kept trying to level up, get up the ranks, and the whole thing is for a chance to challenge the leader. Whoever wins will be allowed, with whatever survivors remain, to commit the ultimate darkness, which is basically Omnicide destruction of all life that is not living grongi on the planet and possibly further so the whole thing that dagava wants is he wants violence he wishes for strength and violence which is why the ones he perceives as weak the ones who try to sit out the competition or hide are the ones he exterminates off screen while everyone else is playing the game His goal is simply this. He feels that he wants Kuga to become, instead of being a protector, someone who is as violent and kill-crazed as he is, which is why the final fight comes down to two men punching the shit out of each other while our hero cries and Dagava laughs because he thinks that by getting him to this point, he's won. The difference is, he doesn't. After he's gone, that's it. There's no more need for the sheer rage, the violence, and that is the difference. It took someone who was pure of heart with that power to keep things from going further because the Linto, as I don't know if our hosts picked up on, were pacifists before the original Kuga rose up with stolen power to take down the Garangi, and their legacy was that violence, greed, selfishness, etc. had been introduced into the tribe, which is what led to them becoming us, the modern humans. The whole thing's a parable. I think that's everything they were confused on, so I hope that clears it up for y'all, and now maybe you understand a little more, boys, about why this is so fondly loved, because it does not hold your hand, and it's actually a little more mature than some of the later series that way, and that it just leaves these things unspoken. So should we actually talk oh, about yeah. episode? Yeah, no, I yeah, do we need to go to sleep, guys. We should finish up the last episode. I have to work in the yeah. morning. <laughs> okay, so... Yeah, so, okay. Episode 49. This is the... <laughs> uh, they... uh, episode 49 yeah, no, okay. opens with a 30-second shot of clouds and the blue sky. Blue sky. Which is cute. Uh, because Godai loves blue sky. He's always loved blue sky. And it's completely silent. It's just this 30 second cut of the sky. And yeah, no, this entire episode is just all the different sub-characters talking about 
doing their epilogue wrap up of man that that sure was a weird thing that happened huh? and, and pretty much all of them are specifically about how they feel about godai yeah it's it is all it is every single character in the show giving a eulogy for Godai. Right. <laughs> Pretty and much. Especially for most of the episode, they are trying to fake you out into thinking that he is dead. <laughs> yeah, no, th- this show is working its damnedest to make you believe that Godai died. Because th- this literally feels like I am sitting at Godai's funeral, listening to all his friends and family come up and tell him about the th- how he affected their life and how he made it an impact. It's, a, it's awake. Awake, you know? Yeah, pretty much. It, they kind of, like, spoil it halfway through, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. After a certain point, they're like, okay, that's clearly Godai. But, like, you know. Yeah, it starts with the police, and the police thing ends with uh, everybody giving a thumbs It's like the, the chief of police is now doing the thumbs up on the reg. <laughs> and then it cuts to Pole Pole, and it shows that Owner is now wearing Godai's apron that had the Kuga on it, and Nana is still here. Right. And doing I, I thought Godai more... was working at the. Uh, yeah, I thought that that was him doing like craft stuff there, but no. It's owner. They keep faking you out with shit yep. like that too. Like, is it going to be Godai? No. Yeah, because they say at the end of the previous scene with the cops, uh, the police chief looks off to the sky and says, "Where is he? And what is he doing?" And then they cut to the apron with the Kuga symbol on it. <laughs> Pull up to see that it's the owner of the cafe. Yeah. And we learned that uh, owner is just working and Nana has finally gotten a part. And she's, you know, she got through the audition and she actually has a part in a show, which is great. She's talking about how Godai was the one that helped her realize that. And then we get to see this weird scene where Enokita and John, or no, it's Enokita and Ichijo. Mm -hmm. Uh, Enokita is out with her kid, Sayuru, who's playing with a soccer ball. Nichijo is basically coming up. He's like, man, on behalf of the police, we are sorry for the shit we put you through. <laughs> right. <laughs> we, you you did fantastic work. Uh, sorry. And Nikita's just like, no, it's fine. It's okay. And, uh, yeah, there's a bit, um, yeah, why do you think Godai had to go on another adventure immediately? I think it has something to do, I don't think it has anything to do with the identified life forms. And Inokita says, I had gotten used to seeing you two form a team. And Ichijo looks like yeah. he is about to, like, laugh and cry at the same time. <laughs> like, they're, yeah, they're it's... so exes now. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's like, he gives the fresh, he's, he is giving the expression of the man I love is dead. Right. Like, I miss him so much. But then it it cuts to this this white, gorgeous beach. Well, also, hang on. We gotta talk about how Ichijo's oh. a soccer pro and just, like, effortlessly kicks the soccer ball back to Anakita's son. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sairu is playing with a soccer ball and kicks it over to his mom. Except it hits Ichijo and Ichijo's just like, nah, here you go, big kid. Bam. And then, um... <laughs> Uh, they're also going to Disneyland tomorrow, and Akita and, and her son, not each Yeah, show. and Akita's going to Disneyland. And I'm like, oh, are they going with John? Yes, they are. They're yeah, they are. <laughs> so we go back to Pole Pole, where John has showed up, and he's like, man, I want to make coffee made by Godai. Drink, drink coffee made by Godai. <laughs> yes. Because apparently it's special. Because... Godai made this special beans from this made the special beans from this one guy 
and they were really good. Then Kanzaki Sensei shows up, and Kanzaki Sensei's like, hey man, you know, so the last time I was here, Godai made me some special coffee with these really cool beans, and I want to drink it again. Man, if I remember correctly, it was like is some guy named Mr. Tomasaburo? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just, man, it's, I want Tomasaburo coffee. Hey, can we go get Mr. Tomasaburo? Owner's like, yeah, yeah no, sure, yeah, I'll, I'll go, go get, get Mr. Tomasaburo. And he runs upstairs, and he comes back down. And he's like, hello, my name is Kazari Tomasaburo. We finally got owner's name! <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, he makes famous coffee. <laughs> As expected of Uncle. Yeah, it's real good. It's much better than Build's coffee making, Uncle. <sighs> the next ip is Subaki. Ichijo and Subaki. Who's. Yeah, Ichijo and Subaki are looking at the. Uh, x rays of the Amadon. X rays. Yeah. Talking about, man, Godai really fought hard for everybody's smiles, huh? Yeah, I'm going to stare out this window wistfully. <laughs> you know, those those unidentified life forms failed because they did it for their own selfish smiles. Which I'm like, Godai sacrificed his Was that smile. what was going on? But, you know, never Yeah, mind. I was like, wait, what? Okay. <laughs> if you say so, buddy. Uh, but they get a letter from weird. Chono. Uh, was this the guy who wanted to yes. be a grungy or yeah. kill himself? Yeah. Yes. Chono was the guy who with the tattoo on his neck. Right. Tells a really nice story. And he apparently, along with the letter, sent the switchblade that he had originally. Kind of. Tsubaki uh, makes the assumption, hey, I guess he finally understood Godai's point of view of how to view the world. And be happy and care about others. Because, you know, not caring about others may get a lot of stress out of your life. But that's not good for people. <laughs> right. It's because we had people that it's because of people like Godai who care about others that we were able to succeed and live. Mm hmm. And then he says, don't let the aliens. And then win. he says, do you think Mr. Godai has a smile on his face right now? Wherever he may be in his next great adventure. Cut back to the beach. Yep. Man, who who is this mysterious <laughs> figure strolling alongside the beach that apparently has Godai's backpack? The world backpack? may never know. It, you know, I, I'm kind of making fun know. of this because I've seen it before. But, like, I mean, if I was a kid, I think this would work on me. You know? <laughs> yeah, probably. You know, I've seen it in movies before, but it's a cute bit. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, it's actually the way they cut it is it seems to be like they're they're you're meant to know that it's Godai because the immediate next the immediate next scene is going back to Pole Pole and they look to owner and they ask, "Hey, so why did Godai leave like immediately after this? Why did he go on an adventure immediately?" And uh owner's just like, "Well, that's just how he is." Or is that what he said? Where was it? Oh, it's owners like that guy likes blue skies and he needs to go see yeah. them. When he sees a blue sky, he feels like he can feel everyone's smile. Yeah, and his dad always wrote about smiles. And then the first skill goat I learned was smiling. Right. That was skill number one, which is adorable. Skill. 
Yeah, it's. I want to know what skill number thumbsing up is. <laughs> Probably yeah. two or three, I'm guessing. Then we go visit Minori. Yep. Or Ichijo goes and visits Minori, and he always looks a little awkward around Minori. Like he, the way he stands is kind of like I don't know how to deal with children. <laughs> same Ichijo, same. Yeah, but he's coming to basically like apologize. Uh, it's Minori thanks him. He's like, "Thanks for taking care of my brother all this time." And Ichijo's like, "No, I'm sorry. I put it's because of me. He went through a lot of shit. That's my fault." Minori, of course, is exactly like Godai. I was like, "No, it was his decision. It's cool. He, he, he. Everyone gets to have a smile on her face, so he would have seen it as worth it." Yeah, yeah. yeah Everything he, worked he out. It was fine. Thing, he got the thing he was fighting for. He put in a lot of effort for a specific yeah. result, and he got it. She makes she does make the comment of he's not going to be back for a while this time, which you know, fair. If you had to go through this, I'd want to leave for a while. Yeah, take a long vacation. Take a nice long vacation. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And even the kids are like, hey, wait, teacher, where'd number four go? <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's he fine. number zero. Why'd he leave? Minori's like, well, you know, he just kind of left. But don't you think a world where number four isn't needed would be a good thing? Oh, and he, at, as... As a point for this argument, hey, look at the baby. Yep, baby. Baby's here now. It's weird because I, I think they actually got a newborn for this scene, which you never do yeah, in TV. It looks you like always it. use like a three month old or something to sub for a newborn. But no, it's all weird and, yeah. and lizardy and splotchy, just like a real newborn is. <laughs> and the kids are all like, oh, it's so cute. Here you go, Ryutaro. Here, have a charm for good luck. Oh, man, it's just like those charms on this backpack that that mysterious person it's left. It's definitely not Godai's whatsoever at all. <laughs> so it goes back to Pole Pole, where Nana is looking at a blue sky outside. And then she tells everybody that she's looking at a blue sky. So everybody goes and looks at the blue sky, and everyone's yep. so happy. Then we cut to Jonan University. To talk with Sakurako, who drops this weird lore thing just kind of there, just kind of fill in the blanks in case you didn't yeah. figure it out. The, the the thing that I guess she finally figured out the prop, like she did finally figured out the proper context for the uh, statement about the sun going right. dark. Apparently, and so the Gorum would have turned to dust if Godai achieved that form through not good ways and it with evil in his heart and the gorm's still around so he did it he he did the good thing with the superpower and it's normally she makes the same but if normally only the power of hatred could turn someone into the fearsome warrior good idea he did it with gentleness the power of the heart it looks like he repainted the legend Sure. And Ich Ichijo has some looks in this scene where he's going yep. <laughs> 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 I don't know. Uh and this ends out with her Sakurako and Ichijo agreeing that, you know, Godai's gonna have his own smile because Godai wants to make everyone smile. 
And oh, hey, look. Godai's yep, on a beach. Godai's on a beach, and he juggles for some kids. To be fair, if I didn't know better, this could easily be, like, heaven or something. <laughs> yeah, it's heaven is apparently Ameri- an American beach. It could be South American or something. So yeah, that's possible. But yeah, like it's a uh, it's a beach with a beautiful blue ocean and sky with no signs of civilization at all. So, well, it's uh, when the sc- the camera cuts over and sees the kids like fighting. There's some shacks in the back. Are there? You can see. Oh yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah, there totally are. Like yeah, there's like a little village over there. But yeah, it's Godai runs over to the kids fighting, and yes, does some juggling fighting. for them. I think them. they're just wrestling well i think they're like arguing okay yeah it, it i got the impression that they were arguing and then go like hey kids look at me juggle, I can juggle. Da, 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 da. juggling right and apparently everyone does love juggling <laughs> and the reason i think it's america is because this is the most wide range <laughs> super of diversity club group race of kids yeah super diversity club it's like a couple white kids a black boy and like two hispanic girls it's I don't know. It was weird. It made it. It made for some reason. I thought, okay, he's just in California now. <laughs> but uh, the theme song starts playing as Godai is juggling for the children and giving them his balls. That's one way to say that. I'm. I. I regret. Phrasing. I regret that Phrasing. statement. Um, but uh, he gives them the juggle. The 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 juggles, and then walks off. As the credits play and the ending theme plays. Yep, and it ends with one last little uh, scrawled credit in, I think, Godai's handwriting that says, Make everyone smile. Yep. With a big thumbs up yeah. drawn. It's a thumb giving a thumbs it's real up. good. Which is cute. It's pretty good. And, uh, that's Common Rider yep, Kuga. That's the last one. That is 49 episodes, nine months. Yeah, right on track. Except we have, we have, we have a couple right on track for the uh, ten shows plus the couple Showa shows and the other. Don't things. Don't forget the uh, Sentai season. We've got the Sentai season. There's a Sentai uh, season. We've got uh, a de- decade finishes the Shinkenja world in show. Oh, okay, fair enough. Also, we're gonna need to watch uh, Spider Man at some point. Spider-Man Emissary from Hell, Spider-Man That first episode's pacing It's so good Yeah But uh, yeah, well let's uh, Let's save the rest of our wrap-up discussion For next time Yeah Because we we have a couple Couple little bonus things Yeah, we have some miscellaneous things to to watch And and do some Kuga side stuff. I, I do think I want to do a little bit more research web, uh, before we do a big wrap-up, so. Yep, we will uh, talk to y'all later, I guess. Yeah, this has been a show that's on the internet at journeythroughduckcast.com, where there you can find you know the latest episode, links to Twitters, um, mine and Chris's, as, the, as well as the networks, which is riceball underscore FM, which I swear I will remember to update at some point for realsies. Um, next time we're probably just going to do a geo episode and then we'll, we'll kind of just move on from there. We're going to do a Kuga wrap up episode as we talked about at some point, just kind of fill in some of the blanks we have 
for some of the stuff we didn't watch, and then we'll, guys, we're we're gonna watch some episodes of Decade soon. I uh, yeah, yeah, that's gonna be real yeah. weird. Remember Decade, guys? Barely <laughs> two episodes. Of, we're gonna watch two episodes of Decade, then go right into Kiva. Yep. A brand new common Rider yeah. series. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty I mean, down for I, more for a new show. I am excited. Are you ready for vampires? I am excited for I am excited for dumb vampire bullshit. <laughs> after after seeing Kiva's rider kick in the Heisei Generation's final movie, where he just hangs upside down and is beautifully stupid. <laughs> I am excited. But huh? yeah, um, yeah. Good night, everybody. Bye. And as always, just a passing through podcast. Remember that. <laughs> <laughs>